Why get a VL with two subbies? Stereotype with a huge intercooler. Doing it right might be like I'm confused. What's the attraction? But some dudes just love to lose traction. That cruise action, Saturday night. You can do it at the lights or get in a fight, right? You heard the systems bumping. Welcome to Rogue Bogues, the car chat series, episode three. Justin, welcome. What's going on? Oh, what man? A bit, still a bit seedy. Went out a went out a couple of nights ago, so still feeling it. <laughs> getting old right oh yeah man old and rough in the years so <laughs> yeah well since our last pod there's been a lot going on again um, a few auctions have gone down but we'll start with i guess just a question that some people have asked and we talk a lot about hsv and fpv but if you move them aside i mean what else is out there what's next what's what should we be looking at what what's kind of gone kind of past reasonable prices and what hasn't in your opinion oh man there's a lot going on at the moment and this um jdm stuff for seeing STIs and things, especially the, the uh, um, older two-door ones. I mean, they're skyrocketing big time. But, I mean, it's how it's how cars work. It's all this generational shifts. You know, Explain like, JDM for us. Yeah, so it's uh, all the Japanese stuff. So, um, Nissan GDRs, um, yeah, Subaru STIs, yep. Lancer Evos, all that kind of stuff. So, starting to watch them a fair bit. I mean, I had a 07 STI um, probably 10 years ago. Remember, you used to give me yep. crap about that just because of the pink badges. Yep. Um, but <laughs> it's what, what they did. But um, yeah, look, they are fun cars and everything. But um, yeah, like, but that's what we're saying. It's that whole generational shift. We're seeing big dollars for the like the, um, you know, 90, 98, 99 um, Subaru STIs and even WRXs in general pulling big bucks. And GDR market is absolutely massive. Absolutely massive. So um, yeah. Definitely watching those, um, but also as well, BMWs and things like um, E36 M3s and things all going up and everything. So, um, yeah, way of the world, different markets to watch. But I um, guess in kicking into auction results, the Slattery auction was one that we're both watching. Um, so, it was a private collector. <coughs> what was his background? There was something, guy was going bankruptcy or something what was going on there was it the one in perth yeah that one yeah that was well i think that was the guy that um wasn't wasn't one of them involved with 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 some fraudulent activity yeah, i think with his something. business yeah and he had yeah. he had the tirana and the gtho and yeah, yeah yeah i think he was involved in some um some shady dealings and yeah. he got he went into receivership and owed a bunch of people money and yeah they repossessed his cars and chucked them in that auction and he had yeah he it had a, a decent collection he had a mint collection probably worth what four or five million dollars that collection yeah, so like that, yeah yeah that one did really well um, yeah, I think we've got some of the numbers from that one. Um, I guess the main thing is we're kind of watching after the Light My Fire W1 Maloo pulling him, you know, a million and 50 bucks. It was kind of the, um, you know, wave, waving the Holden flag that Holden's back in front for the most expensive uh, car sold. But um, yeah, they're XYGDHO in that auction. So it was weird the numbers around that. I mean, it was 976,000 plus fees took it to 1.15 uh, million there. So, 18% buyers for its batteries, though. Yeah, no, I'm not sure about the whole numbers about that. I'm not sure if the numbers, I mean, numbers around that that I've, you know, found on Facebook and things might have been wrong, but, um, you know, Lloyd's charging 17, uh, I mean, 7.5% buyers fee, I mean, 18% is ridiculous. So I'm not sure how that stacks up, but that is crazy. Um, in that, there was also a A9X Tirana, um, really, really nice looking car. So that went for 435, which is about on the money. I mean, that's, yeah. um, we've, we've seen in, you know, those fluctuate all over the place, but um, that's in pictures don't tell a full story when you see these kind of cars, especially the older ones. Um, so, apparently that was immaculate resto car. So, um, but that's why we see big fluctuations. You might see 
some of those pulling 200 odd thousand they look good in pictures but um yeah always make sure you inspect the old the older ones um one i was watching as well uh malu gdsr so hsv malu um yeah for the american listeners and things that's a utility um only 20ks on the uh, domina so we're all watching that in the hsv scene because that went for two hundred thirty thousand five hundred. because as we see these cars listed for this kind of money we all sit back and go these guys are absolutely cooked asking this kind of money and um, trying to leverage off the w1 malu ute um but change hands at that so um that's starting to set the benchmark of what these are worth um and there's also a bathurst edition valiant charger not big into the whole valiant stuff i know a lot of, a lot of guys that love them but that pulled two hundred fifty-three thousand. uh and the one i was kind of watching which is the w1 over there so build number 206 that fetched uh 365 so which is plus your buyer's fee and things that's starting to set a bit of a benchmark around about that 400 grand mark which is reasonable considering that online on car sales now everyone's listing them in the fives. So, yeah, exactly. When you look at it that way, it's reasonable. But when you look at it the other way, of that they were 185 RRP and dealers, oh, were, exactly. dealers were probably getting 250 for them. It's still, it's still on the higher side. Yeah. So, it's going to be interesting to see if that holds. Yeah. And, that, and that's the thing, I mean, that um, I've got a mate who's frantically looking for one at the moment. I mean, he was at that 300 grand mark, now gone to 350, now saying pay that 400 grand for one and making offers on some online or getting knocked back. So, people are wanting more. And, um, and that's the thing, a lot of investors more than collectors bought these cars at the time they've stashed them away and they've just kind of got that attitude so they've bought it to cash in and they're not going to give them away so i've been driving mine the last week and i've already said that i love it and i love it even more um yeah. it's just such an awesome car to drive um i posted the pics on my instagram for people that want to see it um i've got a white one and yeah it's just it's just so perfectly engineered mm. um you know the bimodal exhaust is is a beast like as soon as you get up oh, yeah. i think it's above you know 2000 rpm the thing just opens up and yeah it's just the tires straight away though yeah it's just fr- just from factory you know essentially factory it's hsv but it's, so it's it's modded but to, to drive that out of a dealership you know i think it's the best car um ever made to drive out of an australian dealership oh yeah and, and Hands down. it's just so fun to drive like yeah. it, it just drives so nice um everything about it's good it's the steering's firm mm-hmm. low speed's a bit tricky because it's because it's so firm at the, at the higher end but man it's you know it's it's a shame uh, we spoke about it you know I've, I've i don't have a whole lot of kilometers on it but it's just a shame to have that car sit there and not not have kilometers on it um you want to keep them low if you can but i think enjoying that car for me over the next 10 15 years will be on the top of my list it's just so oh, it's yeah. just it's just an awesome car to drive it's really fun oh exactly and and that's the thing with all these kind of cars i mean yeah that i mean we, we speak about um you know boomers collection everything but it's one of the biggest things that frustrated him over the time is just kind of having these cars sitting there you can you know what what's the point you might as well have a cabinet filled with one 118 models and yeah. enjoy it the same way so um yeah definitely get in these kind of get in these cars enjoy them things because you can't take them with you even though actually i did see on facebook the other day there's a guy um in america that passed away and he actually got buried in, inside his cadillacs so, oh did he yeah so i suppose somehow they can do it but um and the k's aren't going to make that much like you know if you're selling one honestly like i said in previous car chat episodes like if i'm buying a, a car that's 15 years old i'd probably rather the car with 10,000 kilometers than yeah. 1500 because i know oh, it, yeah. i know it hasn't just sat and ate dust and have cracked cracked hoses and, and fittings exactly. and whatnot so you know but 
obviously a different story if I'm using this W1 as a daily driver and then, you know, it's got 100,000 kilometers on it. That's a whole different story. You got, yeah. you got seat wear, steering steering wear, you know, um, the gear knob wear. So, you got to be careful there. But I think, yeah, they, they definitely need to be enjoyed. And I think a couple of thousand kilometers a year on them yeah. does the job. Oh, exactly. And, that, and that's why, I mean, I even had some mates that bought them at the time. They deliberately did it straight away. They bought spare gear knobs, steering wheel, yeah. things like that, just because these things happen. So, at least that way, they had the attitude and going to enjoy it. You know, if they start getting that wear later on, well, then you, you've no peace of mind in the back, you know, in the back of your head that you've actually got that. So, yeah, well, I was trying to find another one, <laughs> remember? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, right when, right before this craze happened, I bought this one, drove it, and I was like, man, this car's too good to just sit there and drive. But at the same time, you want to keep one in kind of really good condition for just future collectability and just, yeah, just to say you had it. So, I was at one point considering buying a second one, parking one of them and not driving it as much and then mm-hmm. and then almost using one as a daily driver just because it's, it's oh, like yeah, 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 you yeah, get a thrill. You just get a thrill getting into it. Like you look forward to like driving to the city, you actually look forward to driving. Yeah. Like whereas- you know, some of the newer stuff's just so effortless to drive where you don't really get that thrill out of it. Whereas oh, exactly. this car, you know, the manual, six-speed manual and whatnot, it just, yeah, it's just a fun car to drive. Yeah, no, hands down, man. Um, and the other one that I kind of had a few mates ask me about, this is a 1971 HQ Monaro they had over there. So, that was actually the only one that hadn't been reconditioned. Um, it was all kind of wondering what that was going to pull and that went for 171.500. So, it was, um yeah, some decent cars changed hands in that auction. So, yeah. Yeah, and then the Lloyd's one, I, I actually went to the Lloyd's auction. I was, you know, I've been up and down to the Gold he Coast too, the, yeah. the last- I didn't go to the auction. I went I went the morning of just to see what was yeah. there because I, I saw the GTHO Phase 3 and I'm like, I just want to have a look at it. But the, a lot of their cars were rough um, yeah. at Lloyd's. You know, they got some good prices for them, but I noticed, you know, that GTO Phase 3 was- That's, that's almost- Everything is kind of there, but- I think that's almost a full resto job that car. So yeah, okay. it went for tw- six hundred and fifty thousand. Um, was in the in, in the white, but yeah, I think it needed it, it would need to get it to that million mark. You're probably spending you know three four hundred yeah. to, to go rotisserie with that, just because it was it was there was there was rust, there was pitting. Interior was in okay, Nick, but I, I you know I didn't go through it um, all the way to see if it, everything was there and yeah. everything was original. You'd have to go through for an hour or two, but if all the bits were there and everything's there and you can kind of refurb and, and not have to buy any, um, chase any, you know, original Ford parts, then pretty good, pretty good buy. Yeah. But, but my, my kind of mindset is if you're spending that kind of coin, six, seven, eight hundred thousand, the last thing you want to do is spend that kind of coin and then have to spend oh, another yeah. four or five hundred restoring it just mm. to get it to, to a Mickey Mouse level. So, but um, yeah, the, Lloyd, the Lloyds sometimes have good stuff come through there, but a lot of times they have they have some stuff that goes through there, at least at the Carrara one. Um, they have a lot of rough cars going through there. So, if, you, yeah. you know, if you're purchasing through there, like I highly recommend you, you inspect before you buy. Yeah, no, definitely. And um. Yeah, one one car I was watching that Lloyd's really had was that black W four twenty seven there. So I actually had a couple of mates that were um yeah wanting that car as well. So we're we're all interested because as you know that in that main auction um, that we spoke about in episode one, everything that the main W four twenty seven had our eye on there was um, Boomer's number one nine seven that went through. So to refresh memory, that was Panorama Silver signed by Tom Walkinshaw on the back. So in the production run of these W four twenty sevens, you only had two in. In Panorama, which is number 427 and 197, and the other Panorama car was um, the Sydney Show car, uh, which was um, the prototype one. So, that was the interesting one to watch. That went for 300 grand. So, we're all kind of like, okay, what is this W427 market going to do now? I mean, after that, we saw a few listed for above 300 grand, saw some in the mid twos. So, this was one to watch. So, it was black. 
Um, 2,200Ks on the clock. So we're kind of like, all right, what's this going to do? And all shocked us that went for 300,000 plus a 22 grand buyer's premium. So 322 grand. And this is one of the biggest things to kind of watch. So don't know if that was emotion bias to what it was because for that to pull the same money as the Panorama 197, I know damn well which one I want to have. Yeah. And this is the main thing in kind of watching auctions and like this to don't hesitate and things to, you know, if you know that's what you're going to be after, then you need to really try and concentrate on it and don't then just start doing the flow on to go, okay, well, here's another one in the auction. Get it at all costs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And especially if you're an investor and things out there, just trying to, um, yeah, just trying to snap up these kind of things. But, um, yeah, just always sit back after something really special goes. Watch the market for a little bit before you just go and jump on and have that FOMO. So, Yeah, the, the thing I've been following with auctions, even for real estate to an extent, is like I don't get a great feel out of the online auction just yeah. because like- it feels like they can bid up and you, you would have no idea. Yeah, so, exactly. now a lot of, at least real estate and, and Lloyd's, they have an online portal where you can you can bid, but, you know, you just don't know, like, there's a bit of dodginess to it in a way, I guess, from, um, for me, just like, I'm just a conspiracy theorist. So, I just mm. think like, okay, so a lot of these auctions, if I if I, I just put in my max bid similar yeah. to eBay, so 300K is my max bid for that car, I'm like, do they see my max bid? And then if the if the auction stalls live at two sixty, yeah. is there someone then from the auction agency then seeing oh this bloke's had a three hundred k max bid, mm. let's just bid it up to two ninety eight. Oh, exactly, and and even that auction that um, there was a vs vs Malou that went there in auto auto one number two low case, but pulled a hundred grand. And then I'm reading after going wasn't really a true figure. None of the, the bids were verified. People were yeah. bidding on it were getting called and stuff. So, you don't know either what goes on there. So, I mean, um, Greys are, Greys are pretty full on with, um, you know, with their, their, with their whole verification system around bids and stuff. But, um, you know, and even Lloyd's were pretty good when we when we put that W1 Mar- Malou through. But I know it doesn't happen on all the cars. This is where, we, mm-hmm. you know, we've really got to be careful. And especially with other guys out there frantically watching these things. Saw the same thing in America with the whole Corvette market around that everyone kind of thinks, you know, they're, they're checking how many, you know, how many made in a certain color, that a manual yeah. and all this kind of stuff. Same things flowing on with the whole HSVs and FPVs and stuff. But, um, you know, everyone thinks that they've suddenly just got something worth crazy money, shoves the market through the roof. But just because they think a car has sold, Buy an auction portal at a hundred grand or whatever, might have cho- might have changed hands and background for forty grand. We don't yeah. know. Then all the price have gone through. There's the a lot of cars that change hands that way, as we know. There's there's guys yeah. that just won't they won't list their cars publicly because they just don't yeah. they don't want to deal with the bullshit of it and they don't want the attention. So they they you know go to go to the um I mean these little incel groups essentially of HSV buyers and FPV oh, exactly. buyers and they like go to them first and then yeah. there's, there's usually always a buyer waiting in those oh, groups man. especially yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not even a car broker and things but I help broker three cars sell this week yeah. just from that same thing of people calling me going hey I'm thinking about selling this what's this worth hey I'll make a phone call now someone might want that you know so um don't know if that'll venture in for businesses for me one day because I'm certainly involved in a lot of these things changing hands. But um, yeah, it's just that there is more of that comfort knowing that all the bullshits aside, you can verify a car if you've seen it. Yeah. You know, someone who not going to fuck around and has got money ready to go. You know, so makes a big difference. And you'll yeah. you usually take a clip. Worst case, if you if, if you want to sell it quick, where you just ha- have a painless kind of exercise, yeah, exactly. rather than make an extra ten k on car sales yeah. and having fifty people come through your house. Oh, I'm exactly. I, about that at yeah, least. Yeah, I do. Th- I do that more. Boomer does it as well. That's just well, 
half time we're selling cars between each other yeah. like that out of boredom but um, yeah 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 we saw a big listing on car sales again um, yeah. last week that was a shock to see that hit there so um yeah so for those out there it's Jeff Brown's own personal HSV W1 Malou, uh, the red one. So he listed that, and he also had a son of a gun W1 as well that went up as well. So um, spoke to a few guys at um, at HSV about this, and um, yeah, had um, yeah had a guy I know call me and goes, "I'm actually interested in this Malou that just got listed for one million one hundred and fifty thousand dollars." Um, pretty bit, pretty terrible photos out there. So we saw in the HSV group of things, people going, "Is this a bullshit listing? What the fuck's <laughs> going on with this thing?" Um, yeah, so it's quite funny. Everyone's scratching their head, going, "Is this real? Is it not anything like that?" So um, we got some breaking news about that later on. We'll get to. Yeah, so it did sell. It did sell for the list price uh, for everyone out there. So for all you four guys who are waving the flag that that GDHO that sold at the at the um, slattery auction for the. One million one hundred and fifty. Well, ain't the uh, HSV crew have just equaled that? So now we've got um for a plastic bumper, yeah, yeah, for a plastic bumper. So that's side by side there. So what's going to be the next car that will charge through and pass that mark? So going to be interesting. Yeah, stay tuned because we might have we, we just might have the buyer of that car coming on the pod later. So yeah, exactly. So moving on, you got five cars for us. Um, moving forward, two must be under fifty k. Just things that you're looking at in the market that will be, I guess, the next yeah. the next big thing or have a chance to jump up and make someone some money. Yeah, exactly. So through the Rogue Bogues uh, Facebook page, I mean, you know, and thank you guys. Keep the messages coming. So nonstop, everyone, you know, and this is hands down the biggest question going with FPVs going up in value, HSVs, you know, prices absolutely cooked. What is next? You know, so that's why we got to the thing. So Bogan and I were having a chat. We thought, going, you know what? Let's look to pick five cars, like you said, but two of them have to be under fifty thousand. Um, so I did some thinking, going through, had a chat um, with a couple other mates and things as well. So I had a big chat with Scott Newman from Motor Magazine about this. So it's something we talk about a fair bit. But um, my first pick, I said the Camaro ZL1. So we know the conversion on these have stopped. But I think it's an interesting talking point car. So the ZL1 with the LT4 engine and everything in it is an animal of a car, driven a fair few of them. Uh, insane in the manual if you can source one of them. But I think with these having the HSV sticker on the back, the HSV tagging for doing the conversion and everything, with the transition of them going into GMSV and everything, could really understand what that HSV brand means. I mean, if you think about it, once everything stopped from the likes of the W1, they went to the sports cat. Is that going to be a collectible yeah. thing, a Colorado yeah. <laughs> with some HSV bits on it? Bit of a cool thing to have, I reckon, if you're going to be, you know, towing your um, W1 around the block or something <laughs> like that to keep the cage down. Uh, cool thing to have, but I think this Camaro ZL1 will be a bit of a talking point car later on. So, um, we know the Corvette's going to come out here and stuff, but I reckon to have one of these, especially the HSV tagging and everything, will be a cool thing. What like are that. they running at right now, you reckon? Fair price. Yeah, they are. They're actually starting to jump up. So we're starting to see them moving past that 140,000 mark. Um, Broom and I were actually talking about these a while back. I was very close to thinking, you know what? Fuck it. I'll go grab one of these. Yeah. When they were around about that 120 mark when COVID was kind of hitting. And um, yeah, and I had, I had a mate actually pick one up, 1100Ks, red manual for 123 grand. Yeah. So it was a damn good buy. Moving on, bit out there. We know I've, I'm into my BMWs and things. I used to work at BMW years ago. I've got a soft spot for them. Um, one I actually like is, especially if you can get a manual one, is the M2CS. So 
Don't bag these cars to fucking go and drive one. They are absolute beast to drive, like just animal car, just the M2 in general, you know, especially the yep. manual, very tail happy and everything like that. Very light cars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> very light, a lot of power, twin turbo six in it, very fun. But with the M2 CS, we only got 86 of these into Australia. So, um, yeah, if you can get one of these, um, yeah, if you can get your hands on one, that that is the hardest thing. So it's hard to say what money you know what money these really change hands for because you, you can't find them. But if we're just talking about a collectible car, if you get your hands on one, what are they going for new? Oh, look, I mean, fluctuates all around the place. I mean, sometimes you'll see them pop up and things around about that one forty, one fifty mark. But knew they were closer too, right? Were they? Yeah. So brand new. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you've got. Yeah, I think probably around realistic kind of money you really see them would be around that, around that 170 mark you'll yeah. see them listed, but I know ones that you know have been snapped up for in that yeah. 150s and stuff. So, um, yeah, but they, they're a cool thing. Another talking point of another cool car that's coming through, um, it's not really on this list, but um, I just want to give a shout out more to it because I think it's a cool thing is the M5 CS. So, uh, only 20 of these are coming, um, coming to Australia. So, I've had a couple of mates snap these up too. They're 306 grand is their list price on them. Uh, but they're a cool thing. They've got, um, you know, it's actually a four-seater and everything like that. So Explain CS for us, for the people who don't know. Yeah, so it's like a club. It's like a club sport edition. That's that's what they call that. So, um, but yeah, that's a that's a damn cool car that's coming out. So definitely, um, if you haven't seen one of those, hit on Google Images and stuff or, you know, jump on um, YouTube and watch some videos of it because that's a damn cool looking car. Um, moving on in my list is this is a – Bit of an interesting point car, but I just like the look of it and I have started seeing these uh, jumping values. So it's one that I was watching a bit, but it's a uh, Mercedes-Benz AMG C63S Edition 1. So this is a coupe. Um, you've probably seen them around. It's got a matte, matte gray paint job uh, with yellow striping and things like that. Um, you know, yellow wall kind of like outside of the rim and things like that. These are just a cool thing. Even you've got the yellow stitching inside and everything like that, custom mats and things. So it's like a diamond stitch on the seats and things like that. But very, very cool car. Absolutely love the look of them. It is more a bit of a sticker pack car with a with a bit going on. But um, yeah, I guess probably 12 months ago, these things could be found for around that 115, 120 mark. Um, but now 140 plus they're all going for. So we're starting to see them climb in value. And I reckon that if you kind of look at, um, yeah, some of these cool kind of pack AMGs and things that over the years, like you got your AMG 507s and everything like that, even though that had a bit more engine work and things done compared to these. But I think that that's a good kind of collector thing. It's cool to look at. And I reckon that when we look at these, these generational shifts that happen, having one of these parked there will be a damn cool thing to have. So it's a bit of a um, bit of a talking point car. So um, now my two cars for under fifty grand. So yeah, uh, not a lot out there these days under fifty <laughs> no, grand. There's not. You barely get a loaf of bread. <laughs> yeah, I did a lot of searching for this, but um, and probably by the time I looked at this, I've probably even gone up more value. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I said the 05 to 07 Subaru STI, I think, Colt car. Um, so in talking about these, that's like, yeah, peanut eyes, I think they call them, to the pig nose, kind of shift around that. Yeah, so you can still find these things, examples with under 80,000 Ks on, on the clock. So I did find two when I was searching that were under that 50 grand mark. So as I said, these are aren't just slowly moving in price we're actually seeing jumps so we're actually seeing things that were listed you know for you know 140,000 k plus on the clock 
were low twenties. Now they're now within just a couple of these two door older STIs changing hands and things. Auctions are getting listed for crazy money. Starting to see these jumps. So these are ones if you've been umming and ahhing things to jump on one. Now's the time. Crunch some numbers. Um, I think I saw an 04 with like thirty something thousand Ks on the clock got listed the other day for like sixty five grand. So that's something. Jump on it. Ring. You know. So if it's a lot of these things do have mods and things like that done to them, so you just got to watch that, but just be cautious of what brand, you know, so because a lot of these things here, you've had a lot of younger guys getting, you know, cheaper cheaper parts and things from Japan and things, but just make sure you're looking for, especially these older ones, it's got APS parts on it, uh, which was air power systems, used to be down in Bayswater, made really, really good parts for these um, STIs and things. You know, my car had all the one I had years ago, had all the APS bits on it. You know, you got your process west and things. So as long as all that's done and just make sure you're checking dyno, seat, dyno sheets, you want receipts for everything. If they can't verify a lot of this stuff, then just be really careful. Because Make sure it's not a backyard job of fitting it all where they've cut it out themselves. Yeah, exactly. And- so that's where you just got to really watch who's done it, understand the history of these cars before you jump on one. Other one, E92 M3. So, that's the V8 one. So, you can still find tidy ones with under 100,000 Ks on the clock for this kind of money. Got to be really careful and things, just service history and things on them, especially these things because they can be temperamental. So, yeah. So, I think these are a long-term good one to hold and especially with the shift and things happening now. So, I mean, we already know when we were talking about just that addition one E63 before, we know that they're going to be moving to four-cylinder for the next AMG, which will pump up the prices of these again. But I think the whole cool factor of having it, having a V8 M3 or a V8 AMG and everything like that has got, um, you know, some decent stat about it for a long-term kind of hold. But um, those M3 V8s, damn cool thing to drive. Um, yeah, so that was um, my other pick. Yeah, interesting. We'll watch that market. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you know, there are a few that are over 50, but everything's negotiable and you can always put in offers. But, the, yeah, we don't see those moving quickly as as we do the high-end lux market and obviously the hsvs fpvs which mm-hmm. i mean for a everyday collector or kind of passionate uh a car car guy i think a lot of those cars are now out of reach for a lot of those people which yeah. is which is a shame to an extent because oh, you want exactly. people to enjoy them but that's just the reality of supply and demand and hsv mm-hmm. going under fpv going under the market's just yeah it's out of control yeah hands down so move on to car raffles so for those aren't aware that there's a lot of car raffles popping up and we'll explain those a little bit in depth now um essentially it's a you know a company that that buys high-end you know any kinds of cars it's anything from from amg mercedes-benz to to m-series bmws to you know w1 malu which we've seen um and then they'll 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 market it they'll drive it around for a bit and then they'll they'll put it to to a raffle type um you know setting and Mm -hmm. and you can buy a raffle ticket usually i mean 60 70 80 100 bucks per ticket and then um yeah they, they they then raise enough money to obviously pay for the car and make their clip and they usually will donate some of that to, to a charity which which is which is good but it's it's kind of a unique business it's interesting i found it interesting just because it's i like think out of the box type stuff this yeah. one this is one of them it's just such a simple idea um i'm not sure we'll get a bit more in depth later on the pod about the intricacies of it but yeah it's um you, you've seen a fair bit of these popping up and yeah it's um i mean i i guess the main one was um you know Troy Williams from Eye Candy, so I, you know I started seeing him do that, and then um, LMCT Plus getting involved, and now since you start liking a few of these things, you know how Facebook works, are so you seeing other sponsored <laughs> ads popping up, and I'm seeing more and more and more, um, you know different 
know, car raffles going for veterans and all this kind of stuff. So, um, you know, not like the old days you walk around Chadston Shopping Centre and you see yeah. a Kia on the floor. I still do that though. Oh, they do. Oh, I've actually. seen a Mustang in a few shopping centres. There's been a, yeah. a few Mustangs. I can't remember where I was, but yeah. I saw one saw one a couple of weeks ago somewhere. Might have been up in Queensland, yeah, a red red Mustang just sitting in the middle of a shopping centre. Yeah, with a yep. So buy the tickets going to charity. So I guess I mean it's all gone from that to being online now. So um yeah. So we are seeing some different players and things involved. So from general questions I've really asked is well, you got the purchase price of the car and the fees and everything involved. I guess if they gotta get it towed from wherever or anything like that, that that's all kind of covering it and then they got the marketing fees on top and then their percentage going to charity and things so I thought it it's an interesting thing I mean um yeah the guys from LMCT plus I mean they're just getting different cars and things anywhere from you know GDRs and HSVs and things of seeing um one of those new Land Rover Defenders, one we're actually talking about, we both like the look yeah. of those. So they just snap one of them up. And they usually go the big bangers on CT Plus. It yeah. seems like they don't they don't mess around. They usually go the bees knees of each each kind of model. Oh and, man, yeah. yeah, I think I think it was just saw them grab a Ferrari and stuff the yeah. other day, and yeah. they're looking at Lambos and things. So fucking hell, they're getting some damn good cars down there. So um, yeah, I mean, keep my eye on what's going on there and who's winning what. Um, and especially after seeing that. E6 is that C63 yeah. catch fire and going to be inter- interesting to see what's going to happen. You know, whoever wins a W1, we're going to see that down at Dandy Drags or something. I don't know. Yeah, so for those that don't know, I think we spoke about it before, but there was a, a bloke that was E63, right? He, uh, C- C63, C63 Coupe. C63 and um, during a wedding, wasn't it, or something yeah, like that? Yeah, burnout. Up cook- in Sydney and left yeah. the traction control on, didn't he? And just <laughs> yeah, cook, he did. cook, cooked, his, cooked, it. cooked it, engine caught fire, and we spoke about that a little bit last part, but that. That was a guy that won it for sixty odd dollars, so I, didn't, I guess he didn't lose too much. But um, yeah, yeah, apparently he was crying after it, and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more later. But um, we'll dig with that kind of post post all this run sheet encumbrances are a, a talking point right now for oh, you. Um, Fucking hell! By encumbrances, right. we mean you know someone selling a car and there's there's a hold on it. They owe a loan on it, and there's, yeah. there's people that claim they didn't know they had a loan. There's people that. Obviously, didn't try to pull a fast one because then you know you as the buyer you take you take over that title of that car and and, and sign off that you own it. Eventually, that loan company or that bank or whoever they owe money to is going to come knocking on the door. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so a bit of my background years ago, man, I used to be involved in repossessing cars and everything. So, you're a repo man. Yeah. So um, you were you were in the truck though. You were you were doing it from your computer for the most part, right? I, I did a, I I did both. So, I mean, my main thing was kind of skip tracing, was trying to find a lot of these things. But I, I yeah, that's the thing. I went out a fair bit and stuff as well. So tried to grab trucks and bits and pieces. So um, you had to grab a car off someone who shall remain nameless, who's a, a pretty famous basketball celebrity. <laughs> yes, we'll keep him yeah. nameless. But I remember you told me you had to repo. Yeah. One of his cars about 10 odd years ago. That was interesting. Yeah. And um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of interesting things like that. I mean, yeah, with um, you know, celebrities having managers controlling finances and them not, not knowing what's going on and um, bikies and things being involved. And um, yeah, so I suppose one of the interesting ones I actually went for was a couple of um, E36 M- M3s, uh, actually E46, I think they were. Um, yeah, a couple of cousins had those and went to grab one and um yeah, got all like that and he just kind of walks over and goes, No, nah, you can't can't grab this. He goes, You'll see there's a dual encumbrance on it. Well they mean there's a dual encumbrance is another finance company being involved because they they both bought one each, but they switched the engine. So their chassis is owned by one finance company, but then the <laughs> engine's owned by another finance company. And he's laughing, he goes, Fucking check the numbers and check the numbers um and go on shit. So right. you can't take it technically. Can't right? take it. Can't take it. <laughs> so never saw it again. But moving on with that, that's just the important thing. So I had a um had a guy message me during the week. So he goes, Oh fuck, man, I, I bought this club sport. 
and found out after um, it's got an encumbrance on it. So just from, I don't know, I, I don't know what actually got into the point. He's bought the car and then doing a check after he bought it. Don't know what went on there with the background story, but he said he found out about it. And that just got me thinking, going, you got to be so, so careful. It doesn't matter the age of the car, that there's so many subprime lenders where I mean is just other pop-up shop lenders, whether it's a, you know, instant cash store or something yeah. like that. You don't know some of these guys who own these cars if they're, you know, hooked on a drug of dependence or something like that or especially with um, the world of JobKeeper and things now, just being in a position better to get some safety net money or something might have drawn on suit, but we don't know other overheads and things going on. So um, this guy just said to him, go, look, have you spoken to the guy? He goes, I've rung him and he's not answering and stuff like that. And I go, well, where did you get it from? And, you know, with his parents at the house and stuff, he goes, yeah, he lives with his parents. So I said, look, go down and try and speak to the parents. And he ended up doing that, spoke to the guy's mum, mum bailed the son up and things like that. Some played dumb about it, but ended up suddenly the, the finance was cleared. So, but that's not always going to be the case. You just be so careful. So it doesn't matter if it's 2000 model Ford or, you know, HSV or anything like that, whatever you're buying, fucking do a revs check on it. Like and pay the big dollars for it yeah, as well. Especially so. the older muscle cars. Like if you if you own yeah. you know, not that people would, generally wouldn't do it with a phase three or a W one, but you've got a three, four hundred thousand dollar muscle oh, exactly. car, you're doing it tough financially. You yeah. can you can draw against that to keep yourself afloat. Yeah, exactly. Then all of a sudden you want to flip it and you know, a lot a lot of people like I know I don't meet people at my house or Mm. Kind of even where the cars are stored to sell a car, I'll meet them at a Masters or a Bunnings. And, yeah, and then exactly. they look at the car and then two weeks later, the cash clears and I, I meet them at that same point. And they put on a trailer and go. So, then yeah. if I did that, you're not finding me. Oh, exactly. <laughs> I'm turning the phone off. And exactly. So, yeah, you, you, you want to do your checks. Yeah. And, and the other thing in between um, where you've really, really got to be careful, and I've seen this one used to be involved in repossessing cars and everything like that. So, that even though you've bought the car and you've done your checks on it, you can't fuck around with actually cha- with transferring this car into your name, right? It's because I've seen this happen countless times. That goes on, then, then you know that's the thing. We're in a world with some shady people that, and they've gone straight away. They've got the money from you, finances. You know, thinking not no finance in the car, but then in between that, they've actually gone and got a loan on it because they they're still the current registered owner. That finance place is doing the checks, and then boom, before you know it. Bang, that's happened. So, just be really, really careful of that as well. Make sure you've got all documentation. Don't be lazy around that. Um, and just make sure that make sure you're just covering as much as possible. And sometimes yeah. even with you doing everything right, people can still pull yeah. a fast one. Like if you've, you've taken a car and, and they've signed it off, you've got the paperwork, the transfer papers, and then, you know, within yeah. within six hours, they've-, they've Yeah, you know, exactly. They, they can still get you by yeah. the time you're on that truck driving at home and they've yeah. taken a loan on the car. Yeah. Well, you that, know, that so- used to happen a fair bit. I mean, with even um, some car yards and things being lazy in between. So, there's a few cars like that that there was kind of- You kind of know with the- Slack paperwork and things going on. Guys collecting the car on a Friday. There's a shipping container already yeah. booked to go overseas. Bang, that car's gone yep, because yep. encumbrance hasn't been put on it. So, yeah, just, so just be really careful about that. When you get a car, make sure you're getting, you know, actually take photos of their licenses, everything like that to cover yourself because if something like that does happen in between because there's some of us guys that buy cars that we're just going to get them to store them. So, we don't want to deal with the whole part of paying stamp duty and all those kind of things on the car that we're hardly going to drive. So, just get it and park it. Just make sure we yeah. keep all documentation and file that away. So, Bogut's, Bogut's good at that as well. So, it has a file for every car owned. So, there's always that documentation, that proof of, proof of purchase, everything like that to cover your eyes. And look, so. possession is nine-tenths essentially yeah. in Australia as well. So, you, you'll, you'll be okay, but it'll just create a massive head fuck for you if someone does that because then you got to go through 
yeah. either getting a lawyer or then you got to prove to to the finance company yeah. or whoever it is that you own the car. So if you've got the car in possession, you're you're, you're mostly there. Yeah. But some idiot can can just cause cause you some problems that you just got to then waste admin time. You know, spend 10, 15 hours on on the phone. Yeah, exactly. For three or four weeks, just chasing your tail and trying to prove that you own a car that you've yeah. clearly wired money for. Oh, um, exactly. So yeah, do do your research. Like like auctions, like yeah. private sales. Do your research yep. and, and tick as many boxes as you can. Oh, exactly. And the only reason I'm stressing is because I'd seen during just one week, there's that inbox. And then I had, a, had another good mate of mine um, went to, he found, you know, he, will, he sent me a listing, was a BA or uh, BFGT, something like that. Um, he f- found one of these online. He goes, oh, it's actually listed quite cheap. And um, it was like, you know, 25K or something. And he's like, fucking all excited. He got the guy down to like 17 grand or something like that. He's like, shit, I'm going to go get it. Did the smart thing, done a revs check on it, found out that there's finance on it. Spoke to the guy. The guy claimed that there wasn't any finance on it. Um, and then he's going, well, it's come up on the revs here. And he goes, oh, oh actually, there might be. Um, gets the paperwork, finds out, same thing, subprime lender, 47% interest on this yeah. car. 47 Good if you can get it. Percent. Can't even get 5% for an investment <laughs> these days. Yeah, so yeah. 47% interest on this car. And then Mike's like, look. I'll buy it if I pay this out. And the guy's like, oh, I don't know, and everything like that all in between. But he goes, well, I'm not going to be buying a car finance on it. But just getting to the point of that. And this all negotiation without even seeing this car. So, already alarm bells there. So, if you're thinking about buying a car interstate just because just, just the car's cheap, um, Mike's lucky this car's only like 15 minutes away from him, so he can check it. But just think about that as well. Already alarm bells, and I saw this as well when I was involved in a lot of this repo stuff. If people are struggling, they're already getting these kind of loans, what's the condition of these cars going to be like, especially if they're a muscle car? So, always think about it. If they can't afford to even fucking get by in life, what are tyres going to be like? What's, you know, what's the overall conditions? You know, I don't think the maintenance is going to be up or anything like that. So, already think about this. So, unless they're not a full enthusiast or they could have been that's gone into a lot of hardship, ask these kind of questions. And if it's, a cheap car, get it fucking inspected. I can tell you now. Like, just don't take that gamble. Yeah, I agree. Moving on to agreed to disagree. Modded muscle cars, love them. Yeah, would you would you would you buy or not? I <laughs> uh, I would, and I do. Yeah, so it's um. But like I was kind of saying before, it comes down to the parts. Yeah. So I won't buy it if it's someone's fit a lot of the parts. They're just you know. Mix and match bits and pieces in between second-hand exhaust and bits and pieces, and they fitted it, and you kind of know that, yeah, that that's already a line bells to me. I'll just walk away. Yeah, yeah, won't, yeah. won't even touch it. You know, so it has to be a reputable shop, and that's what I'll say that. Find out who's done it. Did that? So is that same shop? Are they the one who's tuned it? What's going on? What's the whole story behind? So, and all of these things as well that when there's a fair bit done to it, they can chop and change a lot of different shops. And when you've got a lot where I'm, and my main concern with chopping and changing different shops, a lot of this stuff, aftermarket things get fitted to the car. Then that next shop doesn't like the workmanship. They pull it all off the car. Then it goes to another one, refit it again. That chops and changes and happens. That's already alarm bells to me. So it's just got to make sure it's clean cut. So if the place is like, um, you know, your auto techniques in Melbourne or your high torque performance and things up in the Gold Coast or your Harrop performance, all those kind of things, I don't mind it one bit as long as it's really, really, really good parts in a good reputable shop and they've got receipts for everything. They've got, you know, all the dyno sheets, latest things, good service history, all those kind of things, really, really good. 
Yeah, and I've I've, I've purchased some. Um, you know, the, the XT is a prime example. Yep. I bought bought the XT, and it was just so tastefully done. It had a massive blower sticking out. I've posted photos on my Instagram of that as well. But just an awesome car. Old, old man got a canary in it, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so I had to had to get it taken out, and then we just put um, triple carbs on it under under the kind of oh, sorry dual carbs under under the bonnet, and. Um, yeah, I mean, that was really nicely done, good fresh paint job, nice interior, and I've still got that car today, and it was, I think it cost me 50K, and yep. I knew that the parts alone for that car yep. would get me that money back if I stripped it and sold it, essentially. So, I think, yeah, like you said, it has to be done right. Mm-hmm. It was an enthusiast that owned it, so I knew it was looked after, and it was treated right, and, and, and I've enjoyed it. So, yeah, I think it just comes down to who built it. Yep. You know, do you know the person that's selling it? Do you know the person that's done it? And then you'll do okay. But they can be can be cars that yeah. you get for a year. You don't have to do the work. Mm-hmm. Ready to go. Turn the key. Have your fun. Maybe keep it for a year or two and then yep. you sell it. And you've done that plenty of times. Oh, exactly. But, and the other big thing with this is just um, I'll just say that if it's a car that's very, very desirable, could be like a GDS coupe or something like that, something that's going to be big dollars, matching numbers. So, if you're going to go buy a GDS coupe that's got say an aftermarket stroker in it that might have put an LSX or something in it, that main question is have they got the original motor? If they don't, then really think about that going. You could be emotional. The car could be very, very clean, everything like that, but really think about that for long term. If that matching numbers isn't there, that's going to heavily affect the value. So that's something that, look, I'd still buy it if it's priced really well because it could be a lot of fun to drive and everything like that, but- I know that in my head going, yeah, well, that butt hurt factor is going to be there from later on from it's not going to be worth the same as a matching numbers standard one. You don't make money from custom cars. Yeah, And exactly. that's, that's so the thing. It's an enjoyment. It, yeah, get it, enjoy it, and just have that in the back of your mind. So Yeah, because, I mean, you get something built from scratch. Let's say you buy a 67 Shelby GT500. You go, I want it to look like, you know, Eleanor, I want it to look exactly the same. I want to put mm-hmm. a big blower in. You spend 200K on it. Yeah. That guy's not getting 200K when he comes to sell it yeah. because it's a, it's a custom car. It's generally done to your taste. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. So, you might put in a, a white interior. The guy buying it's like, I don't really love the white interior. It's not my thing, but I still like the car. So, generally, the first person that, that builds it from scratch um, takes the, the shit yeah. sandwich. You'll probably probably get- you know, back in, I don't know what it is today, but back back in the you know 10, 15 years ago when I was looking, like you generally get back 50, 60% yeah. of what you build a high-end modded car for. And then once it changes hands a few times, it then kind of holds value. But you're right. If you're looking at cars to hold value and enjoy, um, numbers matching all the way, mm-hmm. and you'll get your value back. And I tell people this all the time, but if as soon as you go modded, just you're probably going to lose a little bit of money when you sell it. It's just the, the way it goes. You'll, you'll enjoy, probably the enjoyment's higher, but- you're not going to enjoy, yeah, exactly. you know, losing 10, 15K in a year or two when you sell it. So, you just got to be aware of that. Yep. That's it. All right. So, this one's a big one for me. Um, I've been following this. There's there's rumors swirling about the future of fuel cars. As we know, with with everything going hybrid and um, electric and Tesla and solar power and, you know, it's as crazy as here in Melbourne now. I just heard in Melbourne City, within the Melbourne City precinct and fringe city suburbs, um, all new projects now and builds cannot have gas. Mm-hmm. No natural gas. Yeah. So that I was like, holy shit, that's that's kind of a big deal. So they're they're, they're really influencing people to go towards solar and, and 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 electric, and that's an argument for another day. I have my my quarrels about that as well because essentially electric you, you're taking from coal and, and and the grid anyway. But mm-hmm. anyway, you can't, especially in Melbourne, you can't be running solar. Yeah, <laughs> for exactly. Six yeah. months a year. Yeah. 
but this is going to now turn into cars. And there, there was this, there's a few collectors that I spoke to, even my dad, that have read things like, especially in Victoria, because we're you know we're the progressive state out of all Australia. Yep. Obviously, we, we 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 go hard like California with all these different agendas. And um, you know, here and beyond 2030, you know, fuel cars could be done here, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's a huge concern. It, I mean, what does it mean for the muscle car industry? What does it mean for collectors? Is it mass taxes if you have an old Guys love, I'm taking my Brocky out um, just to own it. Am I paying now a, a 10% you know, stamp mm-hmm. duty guzzler tax or some bullshit like that that they implement? I think that's going to happen. Yeah, I think the writing's, yeah, the writing's on the wall. Yeah. yeah, the writing's on the wall. And yep. that's a huge concern because I think it then prices people, your regular Joe that's, that's working his whole life, 40, 50, he's a laborer, he's, he's a builder, whatever he is, and he's like, oh, when I get to 50 or 60, I'm going to buy this car for mm-hmm. retirement. All of a sudden, that guy's now priced out because yeah. he, he can't afford the maintenance and the oh, tax exactly. on the car. Yep. Yeah, and that, and that's um, it's going to be an interesting thing. And another thing I really have in my mind is about the generational shift around these kind of cars as well. So when we look at that kind of fun factor, you know, that we've seen, um, you know, Tesla and things just shown like that, you know, that coupe that they had yeah. a like eight eight second car mm. like straight up and everything. So, and I always think about that like my um, you know, my son who's already into cars and things like that, he's only a year and a half old, but you can see he's loving it. But I kind of like. Is that going to be a weird factor, especially if these electric cars are running, you know, 10 second quarter miles for one that your mum's just driving to the shop? Yeah. Is a, um, you know, is a 12 second HSV going to be desirable? It's pointless, you know? right? So, yeah, yeah look, exactly. Those young kids. And, um, yeah, I mean, even one of our um, mutual friends, Mitch Creek, so he um, was driving a Porsche Taycan um, during the week and he was saying, like, he freaked out, and, you know. And Mitch drives ML63, he's got old Pontiac and things like that. You know, he's- V8 through and through, and he was like, "Holy shit, this car's fucking impressive," you know. So, and I think that's, um, yeah, I reckon that's going to be one of the biggest things going. We're going to have, I think, our generation that kind of loves the V8s, everything like that, that collect that collectible side, and then the younger generation coming through, they're going to be seeing these electric cars and things that, yeah, faster and everything like that. That that's going to be that kind of interest. We can't really drive in a state with them right now. That's a problem in Australia. At least you can't. You know, the battery only gets you two, three hundred k. So you got a bit of an issue there. But um, and then you know, if you want to drive from here to. Darwin, you got no chance of doing a battery right. car because you got to basically map out like and detour to get to charge yeah. points, and and you can't quick swap a battery. Oh, exactly. I know in Israel they do it. I think they were doing it for a while, where you yeah. could pull into a like a servo and they they pull your battery out and give you one of theirs. Yeah. The issue with that is then they could be giving you a shit of quality battery and you wouldn't know. You oh, know? exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've even been hearing stories about actual car syndicate kind of things. So instead of um, you know, let's just say your own. Let's just say you own a BMW, you go and buy that, you lease it and everything like that. Well, then you actually buy an actual syndicate kind of thing in it, whereas it means that there's a car available to you at any given time. That, that's going to be the way. Charge you know, it's like subscriber. So, it's going to be a subscriber yeah, model. Yeah, so, exactly. like, if you live in a, like a lot of these young kids, and I've got, you know, nieces and nephews and, and, and cousins and whatever, they, they don't care about owning a car. It's not yeah. like our generation where it was like the day you turned 16 and a half, you got your hours, and the day you turned 18, you're yeah. on your birthday, you were there doing your tests and getting your P's. Yep. I know kids that are 20, 21 don't have their license, don't yep. give a shit. Yep. They just Uber or they bus or they train. So, I guess the model will be with everything becoming kind of, um, you know, community sharing type model where mm-hmm. you live in an apartment building with with 50 apartments. There'll be yep. there'll be five Teslas sitting down there Yep. and the subscriber only. So, like the time you use, you then, it's prorated that you pay the insurance for that yep. day and whatever and, and, that, and you don't have to then deal with registration. You don't have to deal yep. with a yearly expense and- that's what's going to happen, at least with inner city living. If you're living out in Australia, out rural and suburbs, you have to have a car. 
Yeah. Because our public transport infrastructure is just horseshit pretty mm -hmm. much around the country for the most part. But yeah, in a city, that's the way it's going to go. But it's just concerning for me because it basically means these, these cars that we collect, outside of kids not caring about, the new age kids not caring about it, it's like, all right, but if you're that older guy that wants one, you're going to be priced out. Oh, you will, yeah. And number two- they're going to become museum pieces. Like people, hey, you know, um, driven, not hidden. Well, you're going to, you're going to have to have them hidden. Yeah, you know, exactly. there's going to be people that don't want the government to know that they've got yeah. Yeah. a collection of 15 petrol guzzling cars. Yeah. They're not going to register them. They're just going to let them sit there. And it's, it's just going to be interesting to see where that goes. I think, um, yeah, just, you know, we love, we love to tax people here. And I, I guarantee you there's going to be some sort of, if, if oh, you, exactly. you know, for those older cars, they're going to put, put together some sort of guzzler yeah. tax. And, that, and that's the whole thing. The way cars are going now, I actually had, um, and a friend of mine who's an engineer at Ford, he kind of goes, well, we kind of look at the scale of where things are. I mean, we had music that started on records and we're going to cassettes and then CDs and then the MP3 player coming out. And then now we've got music streaming. So he goes, we're kind of at that stage now where we're um, moving some, some of us still got CDs and then some are kind of moving on to the MP3 player. So he reckons we're there now. And once that big leap goes, then, yeah, like we're saying about um, syndicates and subscriber services and things like that happening, um, yeah, I reckon that's going to be a complete- Even finding a mechanic world. in 15 years to to service a, you know, yeah, fuel-powered exactly. car. Like, it's yep. like you're going to have two or three in every state. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. things are going like, yep. you know, I see it with the restoration business. Like, most of the people that are really good, you know, restoring cars, Mickey Mouse, numbers matching cars, they're all 50, 60, 70 years old. Yeah. The younger kids just aren't doing it, you know, yep. and, and that's that's a concern. And those old blokes then can charge a premium, and rightfully so. It's mm -hmm. like, if you don't want quality, go to the kid down the street. Yeah, exactly. Who's butchering it, but it'll be something we'll watch down the track. I mean, um, look, there is- the thing with solar to me is it's obviously better because you can get power from the sun, but there's a lot that goes into a solar panel that people don't know. You're, yeah, you're exactly. mining what you're mining from Africa and some of these poorer nations and displacing people to, to mine their land and whatnot. People don't talk about that because they think it's, oh, it's all green and healthy, but there's, there's pros and cons to everything. And I'm not, I'm not a, you know, um, big oil type guy neither. I think, you know, I think we can run cars basically without any, any, Yep. I think that damages the environment if, oh, if exactly. we really put our minds to it with the way technology is going. Yeah. I just think it's just a matter of we want to keep people paying for, mm -hmm. you know, electricity and fuel and all that kind of stuff. So, it'll be a space that we just have to watch, I guess. Yeah, definitely. We'll finish up with this. Once again, there's been- There's a massive sting on Hoons. I forgot the name of what their operation was. Operation, they have a fancy name for oh, it. yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there's been some Hoons um, down where the basketball- where my basketball center is in Caram Downs. They have, you know, they generally- I'll show up to <laughs> mornings to come to training sometimes and they'll just be tire marks up and down the street. Yeah. But they've had a oh, big- a I always big, thought they were yours. Yeah, no, no, no not mine. Not I'm, I'm, a, I'm a really good driver. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do that. But um, yeah, it's been a massive sting and look, I just want to preface this by saying I'm not condoning their actions. They they get caught doing dumb shit. They deserve it. I mean, I think doing it in an industrial area at night isn't is is probably the the best way to go if you factor in a school zone or regular yeah. regular you know daily traffic. But either way, it's wrong. But I'm going to play devil's advocate here. It's like where do these kids go these days? Yeah, um, you know, there's a lot of people that are motorsport enthusiasts. They watch Bathurst, and these young kids, 18, 19, are stupid. They want to get in their car and pretend, you know, a Caram Downs industrial state is a Bathurst track and they'd be idiots and they get caught and they lose their cars. But devil's advocate is like, what's the government doing? Where where are good facilities? You've got Heathcote, that's not open yeah, every- he, Yeah, and that, that's the biggest thing that, why I said that, look, when I was younger, I mean, we still had Heathcote and Calder and all that kind of stuff around, but you kind of think on, if you're in a freaking first year apprentice on 300 bucks a week- Can't afford to even get in the doors. There's gone out and bloody finance a ute or something like that. 
then you've got to get tyres and fuel and everything. And that, that's thing. How the hell are they going to afford to go to Heathkit and mm. everything like that? So not of only that, you got to pay the and, you got to pay the entry yeah, fee. Entry fee and you're basically paying so. you're paying a portion to have the fireys there, the ambulance there. Yeah. So I get all that, but there has to be a way that you know these kids can go out and just be idiots on in a safe, yep. you know, um, supervised environment. Sandown now doesn't. I don't even get, even get in there anymore. Really, maybe once a week, if that. For some, yeah. I think they do some skill dri- driver sessions, like some, yeah. some high, high intensity driving sessions. But I mean, I think that there needs to be you know one on each side of town where there's just somewhere out in the bush, and they just build a, a big you know airport like facility that's just yeah. in the middle of nowhere, a bunch of concrete, and just kids drive in. There's some fireys there and ambos and whatnot. It's supervised. You pay your fifty bucks for the day, and you just. Be an idiot. Yeah. Um, get them off our road. Cause, yeah, exactly. You know, they, not only is, is are they going to do- possibly die on the road and hit, hit, hit a light pole or whatever, but, you know, there's 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 families, there's kids, there's everyday people that get affected by it. And, and we see that all the time. Guys doing stupid shit on freeways, trying, yeah. to, trying to drift around roundabouts. Yep. But I guess yeah. the devil's advocate in me is like, why is not why is the government- and and the police not not thinking like shit. Melbourne, six million, five six million people. Like, mm-hmm. let's let's put some tracks out there for kids to go and run a mark. You know yeah, exactly. And I mean, if we kind of go to the smaller things that we saw the same trend with like skateboarders and things like that. I mean, through the eighties and nineties, skateboarders were seen. They're out there doing graffiti and all this kind of stuff. Office just, buildings, yeah, yeah. All, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Out the front of offices, you know causing chaos and things in the city. So then we started seeing these, you know, in nearly every cancel now, there's skate ramps and things yep. popping up. So same kind of thing flow on effect with cars that um we know this is happening. It's gone through the eighties, gone through the nineties, you know, early two thousands, you know, I was out running amok doing doing stupid crap and everything like that. I'll admit it. But um yeah, when there's nowhere nowhere else to do it. And it's gonna continue. Like, yeah, like gonna doing the I guess the cops are stuck in a hard place. Like like they have to, you know, do their best because you know not only that noise you know if you live near an industrial area you can hear my sister lives near um near the the, the Danong bypass and she oh, says yeah, I think well, it was every Thursday night for a good four years there was drags on yeah on the bypass and it's once again we frown upon that and don't condone it but it's going to continue to happen like you're not going to yeah. a thing like this is not going to stop it all right kids going to lose his car for a year so be it I've known we've known people that that yeah. we've been a few car meets where they'll they'll trailer in a car. Yeah. Um. With no plates on it, I'll trailer it into a, a meeting point. Yeah. Take the car off the trailer, mm-hmm. put some plates on it, or yep. so under that are under a dad's name or a mum's name, because that bloke's lost his license. They'll thrash their car up and down the yep. highway for, for 15, 20 minutes, put it back on the trailer, and go home. Yeah. Exactly. So there's there's ways kids are going to do it, and and like I said, frowned upon, not condoning it, but I'm just giving you, you know, the facts of the matter. Like build build a few tracks around here, let their kids mm-hmm. go, you know. With all the pressure kids are under these days and, and everything going on in the world, they go they go on a Saturday and they go out to somewhere like Lang Lang and they yeah. thrash their car around. They probably damage it. They have to go repair it. They have to now work hard for another month yeah. to fix a bumper or whatever. It's not the worst thing in the world. Oh, exactly. And, and man, we're seeing it more and more. And and this is the worst thing because of social media now. Fucking hell, like we're seeing videos around even where we're sitting down here now in Carrum Downs. We know these streets around. We're mm. seeing videos of guys skating their cars around that posted somewhere in Mexico or this kind of bullshit. Yeah. We get it. You're having fun, all that kind of stuff happening. But yeah, that's the thing that we have over the years seen deaths, everything happening. You know, like the guy in that XR6 turbo ute that was racing that kind of went off over in the Western suburbs, yeah, yeah, the yeah, bridge yeah, and yeah, things like that. Yeah, you know, yeah, we've yeah. seen horrific things happening. But what the fuck is going on about it? Like, do something. Yeah, just fi- just finding finding and confiscating and doing those. You know, like, like the hard law. I I agree with that to yeah. an extent. 
but you also then need to need to have think outside that box of like this is continuing. Like yeah. we're taking kids' cars every yeah. other week. Yep, it's still going on. Why? Yeah. Okay, thirty let, years now. Like I've been yeah. watching this happen. Like, yeah, it's, it's like and, and the government wants to say, oh, it's all about road safety and it's all about this and it's like bullshit. Like yeah. you, you're making big money on the repos, you're making big money on the fines. Yes, you are protecting the community, but a way of protecting the community is being forward thinking and being like, hang on, let's. How can we get these guys off the road without? Yeah. Without just constantly confiscating cars, how do we? Okay, let's let's funnel them here. Let's you know, if you're on your P's, you get you know part of your, your probationary license. You pay an extra hundred dollars and you get a free day at the track. Whatever yeah. it is, there's yeah, exactly. ways to do it. And yeah. and the amount we tax people here with rates and land tax mm-hmm. and and whatever it is, it's achievable. Yeah, um, it just hasn't been looked at. And I guess car people to an extent are frowned upon by everyday people. They think everyone's yeah. a hoon and everyone's a dickhead and. Maybe, you know, rightfully so. When they watch TV and they see things about cars, it's just about hoons. So, that, yeah. that's ingrained by the media that anyone with a hotted up car is a hoon when it's not the case. Um, yeah. Some of these kids should have that opportunity and I've been an advocate for that for the last 10, 15 years. But it just, yeah, yeah. It, ju- it just gets nowhere and you're like banging your head against the wall, I oh, guess. Exactly. And and that thing, I mean, it was, um, I actually saw a video, I think it was, might have been Chicago or something like that. There was like a stretch of road that kind of had runoff and things aside. So, if anything kind of happened, there's no building things around, but mm-hmm. they- they actually put aside, they had ambulance out there, police, and because all this was going on, they actually found a, a safe stretch of road where the kids can go do burnouts and race each other and yeah. do bits and pieces like that. So, like I said, think outside the box and, yeah, can happen, but has to happen. And it's not going to stop. Like we said, like if you, you can do as many of these things as you want, there's always going to be one young kid that just got his license and yeah. he's a big fan of racing and he wants to go and try something in his new car. It's 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 yeah, it it's like happen. anything. Yeah. It's like, you know, it is what it is, but hopefully someone out there- um, listening to our pod works in the government and can can um, yeah. you know at least bring this up and have it discussed, but it's not even discussed, and that's a, that's the uh, frustrating thing. But yeah, exactly. Moving on to the Q and A, we have a few good questions from our listeners, so we'll get to those right now. Um, wrap these up quickly, and then we'll move on to a, a surprise later on in the pod. Hi guys, first two car chats have been great. Question: With everything moving towards electrical in the future, can we assume that conventional petrol will become completely extinct at some point? If so, where do you guys think we stand with petrol collectability? Looking twenty years into the future cheers martin so we essentially yeah. touched on that um yep. and yeah i mean rewind back and listen but as we said i mean t- i don't think i think 20 years from now you're not going to see cars you won't buy a brand new car that's a petrol no petrol or diesel or you know a fuel generated car um and then the, the big question mark for us being collectors is what happens to our, our collectible guzzlers oh exactly um and I think the easy thing around that is, you know, like I kind of touch on is is that generational kind of thing. So, I mean, we've still got a bunch of us enthusiasts and things are out. You know, we're going to age, but we're still going to be loving the same thing. But it's going to be a matter of our kids coming up. Are they going to be following our passions and things like that, getting out in the shed, playing around with these kind of things, learning about it? Um, and the other thing is going to be who can maintain these kind of cars. So, we're going to see specialists and things around. They'll dwindle down when more of these electric shops and things are popping up. We haven't really seen that kind of stuff happen yet, and especially with modifying electrics and things. So, I mean, I've seen a couple of Teslas and things with rims and that around it, but how do you tune these things? What goes on? I've got no idea. You fucking plug a couple of Ryobi batteries in the boot and get more power. <laughs> I don't know. Get a Duracell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, the other question I have for you, let's make a prediction here. So, uh, uh, let's say 60 litres of fuel, got to fill up the W1, which gets me about 200 kilometres. Um, in 2030, what are we paying for, for a full fill up of a HSV? Oh, exactly. What's your prediction? What do you have for us? Oh, fuck. I mean, for that. Right I mean, now, it's roughly, I filled up the other day, the W1, and it'll it cost probably- me 100, 110 bucks, 105 yeah, so- bucks. Yeah, I think seeing now, I mean, premium's about a dollar eighty a litre. I reckon, yeah, it would be probably like six, seven bucks. 
Six, so, seven bucks. Yeah, I reckon we'll get to so that 400, point. 400 odd. Yeah, if you need to get premium premium fuel. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so 400 dollars. I'm, I'm probably about the same. I'm 400 dollars. I think a drum yeah. of fuel, yep. 50, 50 liters in a drum beyond 2030, even like you mm-hmm. say, Martin, 20 years time. I think it's going to be a luxury to be able to access fuel. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think um, we'll see a few more wars <laughs> out in uh, yep. the Arab Emirates and, and whatnot from the, the US. I guess like that, you'll see me and Bogart doing a Fast and Furious chasing a petrol tank. Yeah, just, look, just chasing. I had mates <laughs> that were like looking to buy fuel. Um, a few high end investors were like looking to store drums of fuel at one <laughs> yeah. point. Yeah. When I was because fuel went petrol, petrol and oil went so low at one point during the right before the pandemic maybe yeah. or right the first yeah and they were like actually reaching out like anyone got any warehouses I'm gonna just mass buy some fuel and was like yeah. geez that's, that's kind of crazy but yeah. thanks for the question there Martin next one hey guys really enjoying the podcast I have a question for you guys with the value of Holden skyrocketing for genuine HDT HSV and even the common low kilometer Holdens where do you see the replica world's value People take the time and effort to build exact replicas as the originals continue to be out of reach for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. PS passed up on a genuine blue meanie back in the day for $22,000. Still kicking myself. Cheers. Keep up the great cast, Neil. Yeah. Uh, replicas. Oh, look, Neil. I mean, I guess we've already seen there's probably about 7,000 identical GDHOs. <laughs> but they're all real. Yeah, they're all real. <laughs> look great. Um yeah, and even some of the meanies, man. I've seen some, I've seen some blue meanies that look absolutely unbelievable. Some of the best replicas around. Um, I had a mate even build a VSGDSR replica, and I actually he did a test on me. I had to go see this car, and yeah, it took a hell of a lot of looks to really find out. I mean, it had you know the wing was spot on everything. So you know, and we're already seeing these kind of things. We're already seeing really really good meanies pushing you know eighty grand and things like that for a full replica. Yeah. But unbelievable so there's going to be that market and you're going to have those collectors out there actually might have a genuine walk-in they might have a genuine gdsr and they want to drive the other one yeah Yeah. and then they go you know what stuff it i'll actually just get a replica vk might have a bit of a hottie motor and all that type of stuff in it fun to enjoy it more yeah yeah yeah, boomer has done that before i've done yeah he's done that so yeah, I think it. Yeah, uh, look, you're not gonna you're not gonna make big bucks on it. Like yeah. as much as the the numbers matching, numbers matching is numbers matching. Yeah. Um, so the bees knees, the ducks nuts. But yeah, I think um, especially like we said, like a lot of these you know cars are becoming unattainable for the average Joe yeah. that's been saving for years because it just keeps going up and up and up oh, and up exactly. and up. Like your mate saying, I've got three hundred for a W one. Well, now they're four hundred. Oh, I don't want to spend that much. And then a month later, all right, I'll spend the four hundred. Well, now they're five hundred. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know. So that the next best thing is the replicas, and and I, I don't mind a, a tastefully modded or even a tastefully done replica. Um, yeah. I think it's I think it, if that's all you can afford, I've I've got, I'm not going to hate on you for it. But as far as collectability, maybe um, parts will be the big thing. So I think a lot of these replicas. The value won't be the car. It'll yeah. be the value of, of the parts. Because yeah. some guy with the numbers matching might be like, shit, you've, yeah. got, you've got a genuine year knob that I need. I'm going to give you $3,000 yeah, exactly. for it. So that's where yeah. your value might be rather than the actual car together. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And But the biggest thing as well with a replica is be proud about it. I mean, I actually had a mate that bought a um, VS GDSI replica and he sold it to the point because his pride got the better of him. He turns up to a show. What, oh, what number is it? This type of stuff like that. And it got to the point he was kind of getting sick of it because he'll be saying it's a replica and then kind of gets hated on and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. There is a bit of that crossover things that happens, but just have that pride in what you drive and things, and then there's no harm in it because I could tell you now, if you build like a VS, GDS, or GDSR replica or something now, in 20 years' time, that's going to have that cool stigma about it anyway, that it's like we're saying. It's, you know, yeah. you've got genuine gear knob on it, could have genuine floor mats and things like that. You know, you 
however you do it. But yeah, just um have that problem. But a, a lot of times the replicas drive better and are better cars because yeah. like they're not numbers matching, they're not they're not original with original old parts and bushes and hoses. So generally people that go ground up with replicas can actually build them to drive way better. Like oh, yeah, much, exactly. much more fun to drive. You can even be, get a little cheeky and maybe put some new age running gear in there that people can't really see. It yeah. still looks like a like a genuine car. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's a lot of Shelby's. Yeah, there's pros like, and cons where you can you can have fun with it. But at the end of the day, with all cars, like whatever you have, as long as you enjoy it, fuck what everyone else thinks. Exactly. Like these idiots that are Ford versus Holden and lights jab crap and this and that. It's like everyone has their own taste. If I don't like it, it doesn't matter. If yeah. you like it and you've built it, like I give you shit about, you know, your interior sometimes. You like the, mm-hmm. the bright orange biscuit interiors. <laughs> and um, I'm more of a plain guy. But I mean, as long as you enjoy it, that's all that matters. If you're, buy- if you're buying a car mm-hmm. to just solely impress other people, you, you're buying it for the wrong reasons. Exactly. As long as you're happy, your kids and family enjoy it. Yeah, there's no, there's no better feeling than driving down the highway and getting the thumbs up from someone. Yeah. But if someone doesn't like it, who gives a shit? You know, they some a lot of times they're jealous, and <laughs> yeah, exactly. and a lot of times you know they can't they can't afford what you've got. So, so thanks for the question there, Neil. Last one. Hey, legends. Hope you both been well. Absolutely love the car pod. Quick question or talking point for the pod: To hold a Monaro Gen th- Monaro's Gen Three, meaning CVA CVA Z. In your opinions, do they hold any or much significance in the future value, or should or will they hold their current value? Cheers, boys. Hope I can somewhat create a talking point for the pod. Regards, Taj. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, I mean, I think from that whole engineering point that what we went through was damn cool. So I think it will. Um, and around the value, I think they're already starting to climb up a bit. They are, will climb a bit more. We're already starting to see real low K, like um, you know, the last run your CV eight Zs and things like that. You know, they're around that 150K mark and everything. So, but just keep in mind, there are HSV GDOs, there are HSV GDSs, there are Coupe 4s, and then I think they're going to be the ones to have. So, if you're going to be buying one and you want to tuck it away and make money, go go to the point of just putting your balls on the line now and try and grab one of those. And I'd personally take a higher K GDO over a lower K just, you know, CV8 or something mm. like that. So, um yeah, so if you're looking at that point, do it. But if you're just going to get it, keep the Ks lowish, drive it, enjoy it, have some fun, everything like that. I think that's what you should really be buying one of those cars for. It's going to be cool. It will be valuable later on. It's a good talking point. But um, yeah, if you're putting your balls in line to make money, go HSV. Yeah, I agree. HSV is obviously the you know they're the modded version of the Holdens, and they do very very well. Um, but you never know. Like we, we see now with the GTSR versus the GTSR W1, um, mm-hmm. they've spiked up now because yeah. it's the next best thing. So maybe people will be priced out of the HSV market and this will be the next best thing. And then all of a sudden, there's a bunch of people with maybe 60, 70K to spend, not 150, and they yeah. start propping that market up. Yeah. And then that goes up. And then you see Dutton's buying every one of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> True. But um, yeah, interesting one to watch. I think, like I said, uh, my, my old lady had a CBAZ, <laughs> yeah. the Tiger Mica. Tiger Mica, was it? Uh, Fusion. Fusion, Fusion, yeah. yeah. Um, real fun car to drive as, as far as just getting around, doing your daily errands. But, you know, I had the auto, so it wasn't that, that thrilling. But it, for my old lady cruising around in that, it was it was pretty pretty funny to see. So we had that and actually just sold that for for a really low price about three years ago. I think yeah. got forty k for that. Yeah, and that was pretty low k's considering I think it was forty or fifty thousand mm-hmm. k's. So that would have been a good one to get back because that's probably worth hundred hundred twenty in today's market. Maybe uh, I think oh, that one uh, probably seventy. Oh, auto 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 yeah, yeah seventy for probably those k's. Yeah, like, probably yeah. around that. But um, yeah, but that that's the other thing as well. So if you 
do want to try and get one that is going to be an investor, make sure it's a manual too. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. right. All right, we're going to take a quick break here and then we have a special guest joining us to discuss a few things that we're harping on about earlier in the pod. So stay tuned and we'll get to that shortly. All right, we're going to welcome a special guest here. We have Adrian Portelli from LMCT Plus. We promised you some breaking news around a W1, so we'll get to that a little bit later. But welcome to the show, Adrian. Hello, guys. How are you, how are you doing? Good. Yeah, um, so I guess the first thing would be, tell us a bit about yourself, man. Like before you got involved with LMCT, you're a Melbourne boy, you grew up here. What did, what did you do leading up to- to forming um, LMCT Plus. Yeah, mate. So, Melbourne boy, uh, born in the West, uh, grew up there as well, uh, and just um, moved over to the States when I was about 23, 24, and um, yeah, had a car, car chauffeur business over there, believe it or not, uh, random, just to get me into yeah. the country uh, to get my visa. So, went over there and um, yeah, before we knew it, uh, that expanded and we had a few S-classes and Cadillac Escalades and oh, nice. we're doing um, a lot of Hollywood work, so a lot of the celebrities up there. And, um, yeah, so I did that, sold that business, and then, yeah, started some IT ventures up there with a few um, Silicon Valley folks over yeah. there and uh, got into the whole game up there and created some some software up there and sold that and then came back down here and, yeah, and then that's how LMCT started. So, yeah, it's nice. basically the same business that we created over in LA. Yep. And, um, yeah, just tweaked it a bit and brought it down here. Yeah, cool. And what's more your passion for cars? Is it the Aussie muscle stuff? I mean, what, what did you grow oh, up liking? Mate, I, I was a Holden boy, yeah. So, my, yeah. my old man's got a Toronto SLR 5000 sitting there. Andrew, yeah, nice. he's not selling it to you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. he bought a brand new. So, yeah. from Kevin Dennis, uh, it was his first car. So, he's, yeah, still, he's still got that, just yeah. stored away. And what's been your car journey? Like, what, what was your first car? Oh, I had a WRX. So I was in the whole oh, jab okay. scene yeah. growing up. Typical um, buzzer, huh? Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> mate, if you saw it, it was yellow. Yeah. <laughs> it was like Canary, oh, not Canary, so it was a full like, auto salon kind oh, of yeah. spec. Yeah, it yeah. had a big front mount. AMEs on it? No, nah, no, nah, they didn't have oh, AMEs. Oh, come on. Oh, but, um, not full muzzle then. No, nah, no, nah, but it was, <laughs> it was pretty hectic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wish I could find that car actually. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, no, nice. And um, I suppose we got to know each other through this uh, Malu that you bought. So um, yeah, yeah, so that was interesting. Yeah, I, I suppose I got to drive it before you, so I mean, yeah, well. I know, right? <laughs> Taking it to all the job sites and that. Yeah, that's it. So, um, yes, t- tell us about that. Was that exciting? Yeah, that was exciting. So, we we didn't, well, we didn't really know we were going to buy it until we started seeing it all over the news. Yeah. And then, like, you know what? Yeah. Be a bit of fun. Um, yeah, okay. Just to flex a little and just buy, yeah. it, and buy it. So, a bit of balls bit to of the wall, I mean, paying that kind of money for um for that, but- um. Yeah, what's and what what's the what's the plans with that now? Yeah, so that that'll um that's just stored away at the moment. So yeah. oh, it comes out every now and then. Take it. We took it to um, yeah. So you took it to a narry. Yeah, out, narry of all, out of all things, you take it. This car show was risky. Crazy. Yeah, I know. There was there was like thousands of people and so it's the thought process is the insurance more than the purchase price. You're thinking you can make more money that way by taking it to narry and might get knocked off or what? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Right? <laughs> that's, that's the plan. There, yeah, a few people mentioned. I was like, "Why are you take it to narry?" <laughs> yeah, no, it was like, but um, there was some go. nice rides there actually. So yeah, we no, that's there. actually um, yeah, I've been to that a few times. So I went and built King Jam, um, took that out to that narry car meet and stuff. So it was yeah. Was that the the Harlequin thing? No, it was um, kind of, I oh, changed all the different kind of colours, but it was kind of- Big blur at the front. No, so it was a turbo. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, turbo uh, 408, yeah. things like that. So, yeah, cool thing. Yeah. Um, one top sedan at Summonats and it was in Street Machine and stuff. So, yeah, cool car. Yeah, there's a few, few cars up there. So, we went down there pretty much just to, to yeah. offer a few people to buy. Yeah, we nice. go shopping. So, we go to shows and try, try yeah. buy them off them. And- so, you obviously, 
involved in the car scene. That's how it all came together. So that 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 totally makes sense. Um, I guess tell us about LMCT Plus. I mean, you know, it's real interesting for me. I love. I'm kind of involved in Silicon Valley as well. Um, just put it out there and, and got a lot of connections over there. I like investing in startups and just things that think outside the box. This is one of those things that I liked about it. I don't know a whole lot about it till Justin told me about it. I mean, I guess, how, how did you come up with the idea? Um, you know, t- talk us through the company. How big is your company? How many people? Do you have a headquarters? You know, all that kind of stuff and, and just, just how you really formed it. Yeah, so basically, um, I used to buy and sell cars when I was younger. I'm sure most of us do, uh, just to turn a bit of money on the side. And after you know being exposed to the whole IT side of things, um, we created some software that, you know, when you look online and to to buy a car, for example, you're looking, you know, maybe a handful of cars. You do your research on those cars, but in hindsight, there's hundreds of thousands of cars for sale weekly on in in Australia. So, so. Basically, we created some software that spends day and night scraping data from multiple websites, whether it be car sales, eBay, um, et cetera. And what it does is it calculates profit margins. So at the click of a button, you could sort through 200,000 cars in five seconds and it'll show you which car you can make the most money on in Australia. Wow. Um, yeah, so it was super, super powerful um, software. It was. It still needed some, some um, manual um, background searching and such, but- um, it, it pretty much done off market value and the kilometers and such. And yeah, from that, you know, we could make ten, fifteen thousand dollars on each car on average selling, buying something. Wow. Yeah. So I really built that for myself, um, just to help out, uh, make my work easier. And yeah, and then we, we launched it to the public. Um, and after a week or two, you know, it was trying to gain some traction and, um, we, um, then I was sitting on a few JDRs because I was collecting JDRs at the time. And uh, I said, you know, I'll just give one away just to build some hype behind it. And um, yeah, speed, fast track the process of, you know, get some engagement and stuff. And um, yeah, we we launched an R32 JDR back in 2018 and it flopped. It's a complete <laughs> wow. flop. Because okay. nobody knew about it. Yeah. Nobody knew what the hell this was. So I worked with the Gaming Commission and we, we formulated, you know, a way to make it legal, um, a car giveaway in Australia. And... Yeah, when we launched it, it's just like, everyone's just like, F off, you scam. Yeah. Um, so, it's just like, everyone's just like, you're not going to give that away. And oh, man, I used to get like, I used to be up to like 3am just arguing with people because I, so, <laughs> wow. I was so passionate. Yeah. I yeah. just loved it so much. I was just like, someone said it was a scam. I just feel like on it and just yeah, so angry. Um, but yeah, anyway, eventually, you know, we just fine tuned it. You know, we did the first one. It went to Sydney. Uh, the next one, we did an R34 Mines GDR which I was lucky enough to buy back off the guy. But um, yeah, so we did that. And then over the last year or two, just fine tuning and the business model pivoted. So no one was really interested in the car purchasing software. Um, They were more interested in the giveaways. So then we we started bringing on workshops, businesses, um, started bringing them on and it's almost turned into an automotive group on um, where it's just a well-oiled machine where everyone benefits. Um, you know, we do these giveaways to drive traffic to our, our workshops, our partners, and they give discounts to our customers in return. So, yeah, it's awesome, man. Yeah, no. Yeah. Worked out well. Yeah. Good, good. What's your team? What's, uh, how many people we're talking about right now? Do you have a new team? Um, so, so directly on the team, we've got a lot of contractors. So, a lot of people overseas that work on our stuff. Um, so, all up maybe directly involved in the team, maybe 10. Yeah. So, it's there's not many overheads. Online online business, that's the pleasure of online businesses. There's no overheads on them. 
Yeah, you don't have to, you don't have to manage 10, 15 employees on a daily basis. Yeah, no, yeah. that's so, the fun so, part of business, So, right? for the size of the business that, you know, we are, um, well, turnover and that, um, and only 10, maybe five to 10 full-time people. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, like I said, it's all contractors. We don't need a big team around the clock. It's yeah. just- So, it's probably more marketing side, is it? Just come up fresh ideas and things. Is that Pretty the main much, yeah. So, yeah. I take care of all the marketing and then we've just brought on a couple of other people. But yeah, I've got my team over in LA as well. So, we're yeah. setting up in LA. Okay. And um, yeah, I'm going to hit that market as well. Jeez, massive. Mm. And um, I suppose the big burning question out there, I mean, there's a lot of skeptics, like, like you're saying, how these work and all that, but let's get to the nitty gritty of, I mean, they make a lot of money, not make a lot of money. Is this more of the front, I guess, to kick off the next stage of the business? Like what's, um, mm. tell, tell us about so, it. So, obviously, they turn over something. Yeah. Um, we wouldn't be doing it if, you know, we wouldn't be able to buy these cars if it yeah, wasn't. Um, but we've been doing it for three years. So, with our lists now. Uh, we've got, you know, 180,000 customers Australia-wide. So, by the time we actually go live, a lot of our overheads are already covered. Yep. And that's and that's it. And then the money we do make, we put that onto the next car. And yep. we just keep building our audience. So, our goal is just to build our, our lists, our audience lists. Yep. Um, and, and like I said, and that's how we're able to do it. So, people are like, you can't give away a Ferrari in a week. It's like, yeah, we can. Yeah. Because we've got 180,000 customer base. Yeah. Okay. So, so is your would you say a big part of your business is is data and AI as well? Hundred percent. That's it. That's, 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 every, all, that's, that's where it's it. all going, right? That's every business. Yeah. Right? That's if if every business has a healthy. That's database. where it's aimed more towards that. that yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. For the average punter, they look at it as in oh, you know, raffles. They make the money. They pocket the money. And I don't. I don't see that. I think it's like you said. It's it's all about getting that database, getting that network. Exactly. So if this then flips into something else, you've got to fu- you've got to well, fucking- that, and that and that's exactly what we're doing. We build a car sales platform. Yeah. So we're going. We're, we're going to create a castle because it's very like um, controlled at the moment by one company. Yeah, obviously. it's monopoly. Yeah, and it's just monopolized. So um, just to be able to bring in just a cheaper alternative um, for people, and that's where building this data and building the brand comes into play. So doing these giveaways and outrageous things, um, we're building a brand. We're building a loyal customer base, and then once we do launch the car sales website, we've already got a solid foundation to build upon. So when is that coming? Is that breaking news for that us? That is. That is. I reckon two months it will be live. Wow. So, awesome. Yeah, Congratulations. So that's that's these, awesome. Yeah, man. So, w- the W1, we're going to aim it around there and we're going to yeah, launch it around there. So, And um, and kind of break down a car for us. I mean, obviously, say like this W1 Maloo, I mean, by the time you've got your purchase costs, other fees and things, so you got that marketing fees on top. So, where's the profit coming to? Is it more from the marketing yeah, so on average, we spend oh, each promotion on average costs us about seven, eight hundred thousand. Yep. to run a promotion for about a week. Yep, a uh, week and a half. So the Malu, you got one point one already. Yeah, to reel in. Yep, um, a lot of tickets you got to sell. That's a lot of of packages you got to sell. Yeah, Yeah. so one point one million, and then your marketing costs, and that the promotion itself will probably be about oh, I don't know, maybe one point six mil. Yep. Once it's all done. So nice. I'm confident. <laughs> I'm confident we what, can do really it. For that one or what? 60 bucks, is it? 30 bucks. 30 bucks? Yeah. So you spoke about the first car you did that flopped. So so did you essentially you 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 were owed what for that car? The first one oh, you no, did? It was, a, it, was a, it was a 32 GDR. So back then, three, four years ago, I think we only paid 10 grand for it. Oh, so it wasn't yeah. too bad. It, it wasn't, wasn't too bad. bad. Have you had so any nervous, nah. nervous, 
you know, you haven't you haven't got close to your number, so you've, you've hit them all out of the park pretty much. Fantastic. I, I wouldn't say hit them out but of you, the park. You, know, you haven't gotten nervous where you're like, shit, are we going to cover costs with this one? With, with our, it's impossible not to with our, our user base now. So you're saying that so that 180,000 you have, all of them are buying a ticket guaranteed, yeah? No, 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 not, no. Not. But not. even if you do 1%, you're talking- Straight away. You're talking 1,500, 2,000 sales. Yep. Um, and if you can average, you know, if you can reel in as much of those costs as possible- before you even go live. And that's how we're able to do it. Yeah. Um, so we, we shoot them maybe five, four, five days before we actually go live, shoot it to our customer base. And then, yeah. And then once we do go live, it's reeling in whatever's left. And a portion of that is to charity, right? Yeah. That's, so that's we've got, a, we've got our own charity now. So we used to, we, oh, we still do. We work with Make a Wish. Um, so in the three years, I think we've donated uh, to charities and back to Aussie businesses about $800,000 yep. in the three years. Um, but yeah, so we, we were donating to make a wish, uh, but I think we just wanted more control over it. So we've got our own charity now. It's called Little Legends Foundation and it allows us to get more hands on. Yeah. We can go out, we can direct the funds. Yeah, we don't have, we don't have as many overheads. So, yeah. and, ta- and so what, what is Little Legends? Ta- tell so us we about help, that. we help just local, like us Aussies that are just doing it tough. Yeah. Young yeah, nice. kids. Um, yeah. So last week our team took nine, Little kids, uh, little Aussies to Australia Zoo for yeah. the day, and yeah, and and we can get hands on with Make a Wish. We couldn't get hands on. We didn't know where the funds were going. Yeah, no, it's fair. we still support them, yeah. um, but we couldn't show our customers how they're making a difference with our own charity. We can film, we can go out, we can you know get people involved, and people love that. So yeah, no, good man. And um, so how how many have you done since over the three years? How many raffles? Thirty one we've done well, now. Okay. 31. So now we're doing it weekly. So we've done the loyalty membership. Yeah. Now. So it's uh it's a no-brainer actually. It's like $19.99 a month. You go into every single draw we do. Oh wow. Okay. And each month you remember you keep accumulating more yep. entries. So it's like an incentive to stay on. So yep. if you remember for three months, you get three entries into everything. They're in the Malu, they're mm-hmm. in the they're in everything. Yeah. So last yep. week our VLBT one called up the guy. Had no idea. Yeah. I'm like agent from Amosivasa. Hey, how are you? I'm like, oh, not bad. I'm like, you just want a VL. He's like, what? <laughs> Crazy. Because he's a lordy. He didn't even, he's already in there. Yeah. So, he just wanted a BT1. No idea. And wow. same with the Trackhawk. Yeah. One of the 20 bucks. Didn't even know he was in it. Jeez. And um, I guess, what what are the odds in these kind of raffles? Like, I mean, I suppose, I mean, comparing to Lotto and things like that. Oh, yeah. Well, well, that's the thing. Now, now we're yeah. getting to a point where our, they're life-changing. So, yeah. We want to make, you know, people million, you know, with our draws now, we can make people, you know, instant millionaires. Yeah. Um, so, so the, the, the odds, oh, look, they're pretty good considering. Um, you probably maybe get, I don't know, maybe five, 10,000 people enter the draw directly. Um, so, they're your odds. What's, really. your, so what's your highest ever? Highest uh, ever? T- ticket purchases for a car. What car was it? It would have been the- Oh, the Land Cruiser. The, the really? The first Land Cruiser we did. What did that get? How many, how many roughly? Oh, how many? I think it was, I can't even remember to be honest, but that was in the top end. Um, but yeah, the Land Cruiser did, re- we had to shut it off early. Really? Just, yeah. We shut it off. That's a good we thing, just right? shut it off early. <laughs> so, we shut off two days early and then the Brocky, the Brocky came in second. Yeah. But supercars, they don't run well. They don't? Yeah, it's nah. actually- yeah. Yeah, um, I was about two weeks ago, we were talking about that, you know, we're actually talking about Euro cars and things like that, but 
said they just don't do well. They it's flop. the four-wheel drives and they do not Aussie stuff. So um, yeah, yeah, the the supercars. It's just it's just a flex, really, just yeah. to just to say you did it. It, yeah. it gets attention, but do people want to win them? I don't think so. Like when people think of the general public, when they yeah. think of their dream car, they probably think of you know the HSV yeah. or the. I suppose when you think it could be this being scared of maintenance costs and things because what what's included? I mean, you do is it the car and insurance you yeah, pay? Yeah, so or? we cover the stamp duty and we don't do insurance because okay. there's so many that factors with insurance. Yeah, whoever wins it could be eighteen. Yeah, 65, true. no license <laughs> thing. Yeah. We can't insure, you know what I mean? Yeah. This could be Troy, <laughs> Troy might win it. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 we yeah, can't, yeah. I can't get insurance on that. No. <laughs> Someone on the L's wins it. Yeah. yeah drives on the, on the L's. It. So, what uh, about it? Have servicing costs included though? Because you can generally we, get them from purchase. We do stamp, we cover the stamp duty and the registration. Yeah. yeah. Right. We do offer cash alternative. For them sort of cars, you offer cash because yeah, you can't you, you can't expect yeah. to just dump a supercar on someone's driveway and be like, yeah. here you go. Because yeah, <laughs> I was about that. I mean, it's a bird. So like the W1 Malou, you're going to do that or cash or what's- I'll the- do cash, yeah. 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 So, I'll probably offer, I don't know, 600. Yeah. And they've got the option. You know what See, I mean? You've awesome. got you've got options. I'll, I'll take- I'll, I'll offer 650. I'll bid you up. <laughs> 650. <laughs> <laughs> 700. <laughs> yeah, it could, it could be a spin-off, a spin-off, chuck it on eBay and see yeah. what happens. Well, that's the thing. You've got to give them an option. You can't just slap them with their car and be like, here you go. Yeah. Well, what's the go with that? I mean, if they take the cash and you get to keep it, will you raffle it again? Or No, nah, we don't raffle it, it again. We'd, we'd get bloody criticised for that as well. Yeah. And we get, there's a lot of sceptics, but you don't blame people. Yeah, exactly. When someone doesn't understand- business and the business model yeah. they can't grasp how you can do that's this that's how we could probably wear him down and get that cheap again yeah yeah you know what idea. everyone that wins <laughs> it happens all the time everyone that wins they say they've had to deactivate facebook or yeah. their social media just because they get bombarded by all these <laughs> seagulls probably, yeah. it's oh, like yeah. oh you want a track hawk for 30 dollars i'm gonna offer you 10 yeah, grand <laughs> it's just like no you dickhead it doesn't work that, like that's that. justin for sure for <laughs> the love the inbox. They, they get bombarded yeah so Tom, like how is how hard is it to get government approval for all this? Like, what are the hoops you got to jump through to get approved to do kind of a? a you it's, know, it's 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 asking how we're going to make how can we make LMCT plus 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 <laughs> plus and more. Yeah. Um, well, at the start, yeah, we had to work and we had to fine tune and and work on our T's and C's and and figure out how to make it all legal. Um, but yeah, now it's pretty straightforward. You know, they all know who we are because all these other guys are coming in and trying to replicate or rip off. Basically, they're just cloning our website. And I've seen that the in logos. the UK. I mean, the next next place doing the identical thing, but you get a car and twenty grand worth of cash in the boot. And yeah, all this kind yeah. Of stuff. So, so there's a, there's a few companies here now in Australia that are doing it. So yeah. I think there's about six of them that have just yeah yeah trying to clone what we're doing. Yeah. Um, so the commission are cracking down on it now. So yeah. they're making things a lot more difficult. They want valuations done on the cars. Yeah, of course. Um, and every state different laws. So each time you do it. Especially when you're running them weekly, mm. it's a full time job just for someone just to sit there yeah. submitting permits, Crazy. making sure the T's and C's are right. Uh, we stumbled across the C sixty three video. Yes, break us down how that. Uh, I've read. I think it was your comment. Was it the, the one? The one that caught, caught on fire. fire. Oh, the one that caught <laughs> on fire. Did he call you crying? Or wasn't it? No, uh, no. Nah, nah, he um he told me when it happened. Yeah. He said he just said it caught on fire, like fire. <laughs> I was, at a, I was at a birthday or something. I yeah. can't remember. I don't know what it was. A five-year-old birthday. And uh, he told me about quarter five. I'm like, oh, yeah. I didn't think anything of it. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, like, sent me pictures and I'm just like, 
okay, that does look a little bit bad. <laughs> I said, yeah, I'm sure we'll be fine. And yeah. then it popped up on social media. Oh, yeah. I said, mate, I spoke to him. I said, just go to bed, wake up in the morning, you'll be fine. I wake up in the morning, it's all over the fucking news. <laughs> Gosh. I said, yeah, you're going to have to go back to bed. Man, I reckon I, I had probably about 50, 50 mates had discovered LMCT Plus from that From that video. Incident, yeah, so. I, th- I thanked him. So, we went up to Sydney. <laughs> I've, I've seen him a couple of times. He's actually a really good kid. When when I was speaking to the news, you know, I was telling him, you know, he's a, actually a good kid, but they don't put that stuff in there. But um, to be honest, that 2019 onward AMGs, you can't turn off track control. So, you can't turn it off. No matter, you got all these fancy traction control buttons in an AMG, you turn them off, you can't sit there and do a brakey because of the launch control and stuff. It won't let you do it. Wow. So, he actually like, I'm not going to say anything actually, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, there's a way to like bypass it. Yeah. What he was, you know, on and off on the throttle. Um, it actually tricks the computer, but yeah, that time it didn't work. Wow. Yeah. That time it didn't work. Yeah, expensive mistake. Yeah. Expensive mistake. Yeah. So, T- tell us about the lead up of buying the the first um, W1 Maloo. Like, did you always have kind of in your mind as soon as you saw it listed, you're like, yeah, I'm buying that because I, I believe, you know, Justin's heavily, was heavily involved in, in the sale of that and, and helping out his, can we say your boss? Yeah. Yeah, your boss and, and going through all that and had some pretty interesting bidders get in touch, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um- yeah, I mean, all leading up to it. I mean, because I seen there was a lot of skeptics around and everything that you know, saying dodgy bids, all these kind of things. That um, yeah, claims that we actually knew each other and everything oh, all okay. leading up to it. So there's a lot of things going on there. But um, yeah, so we actually met each other after the after that actually transaction took place and everything. But um, yeah, so but some celebrities, everyone involved in it, we're actually shocked on the day from I guess all these people I spoke to leading up to it, and I'm kid you, I'm probably about. 10 genuine cashed up buyers ready for that. And then actually when I went to the day, didn't even move further. So, it was actually a shock. Um, and then- Shock for me as well. I was, yeah, was going to keep going. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, I, I think that um, there was murmurs around at the time about uh, the red W1 Maloo that that was actually going to, that that was actually going to go up for sale. And I thought maybe that might've changed hands in the background, you know? So, from some key, um, especially one big celebrity that was keen on buying, I thought he actually might've bought that in the background. So, um, yeah. Yeah, there, there, were, there were a lot of dummy bids. Yeah. Um, so, I was speaking to Mark from Lloyd's yep. and um, yeah, he said, just if you get outbidded, just- yeah, hold off because yeah, there were a lot of dummy bids all, now. Yeah, seeing bids were whether yeah, how it got gone up and down, how it got to a million dollars with it was with whether it was all yep. legitimate. I don't know. Yep. But so. yeah, in the end, um, you had to be verified. Yep. To bid, and there were a lot of bids going on, and then that bid that retracted. So yeah, you yep. don't really know, I guess. Oh, exactly. I mean, I was chatting to the guy who pushed it over the over the mill, like at stage of one, and I thought he was going to go pretty hard at it. Um, leading up to it, but yeah. So, well, I would have kept going. It. So, I would have probably gone to one point five. I reckon. Yeah, exactly. So, so I got myself a bargain. Yeah, you did. Did well. <laughs> did well. Nah, so. it's it's a publicity as well. That goes yeah. a bit. So, oh, exactly. That's what we want. We're exactly. not. We don't. We didn't get it. To try make money. Got yeah. it for, just for you got the a publicity. Big, big car going for raffle. Late. Was it four o'clock today? Four o'clock okay. today. We got the Nismo GDR. So yeah. two hundred fifty thousand dollar. GDR. Yeah, damn cool things. So, um, they are very cool cars. Yeah, I know Boomer's been looking at those as well. So, what I mean, I've never driven one. What, what are they like? Oh, absolutely mental. So, I've had a couple of 35 GDRs and then yep. got the Nismo and they're just mind blowing. Yeah. Like, they're expensive. 
but the performance you get out of it. Oh, just, yeah, exactly. So just can't beat it. I think they are a damn good investment for later on as well. So, um, yeah. Anything GDR with a GDR on it is a good oh, investment. Exactly. Yeah. Anything. So, yeah, same yeah. thing. I bought a 33 GDR yeah. for like 15 grand two, three years ago. Series 3 V-Spec. Yeah. Now, you wouldn't find one at 100. I remember, grand. yeah, when I made them on board Millennium Jade GDR oh, yeah. at the time then, and that was like, 34. I think 130 or something you paid, and we thought he was crazy. And yeah, now, now, now they're 400 grand. 400 grand. Yeah. Insane. And, and they're pushing that price in not just Australia. Yeah. In Japan, they're pushing oh, yeah. records. Yeah. Yeah, right. and um, yeah, tell us about because you just came back from South Australia with some four wheel drives and stuff. What what went on over there? So no comment. Did no. any videos come out? No, no, nothing come out. So we um, yeah, we took all the Forbies. So we got three Forbies at the moment. We got the new Defender. We got a seventy nine series that's up now, yeah. and we got a two hundred series. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so we've teamed up with Patriot Campers. They've supplied us with an X3 camper, so we put that behind the seventy nine, and yeah, and then we took the Defender out. So Defender was. The standout by yeah, far. Yeah, we actually, um, Bogan on both fans of those, depending, love the look of them. They are incredible, but how a do they perform? Of, a lot of the 4B, so the 4B guys we work with, when we said we got a Defender, they're like, what the hell is this yeah. crap? Yeah, because yeah. they're all the 79 series and the 200. Yeah, they yeah. love all that stuff. We took them out. We had probably 10 cars, fleet of us, and it absolutely just destroyed all of them. They were shocked. Jeez. Now, they're all looking to buy one. They're all looking to buy one. Like, yeah. we're talking, we took them to the sand dunes and the hills- these guys were trying to get up. They couldn't get them up. 79, uh, the Defender, just straight up without without a hitch, without a, without a hiccup, just straight up, no worries in the world. Yeah. Take it into town. Everyone's just completely gobsmacked. These oh. things, they look incredible. So, yeah. we've lifted it, um, added some goodies to it. And well, there you go. If you buy one for your missus and she's got to drive up a curb outside Chatty or something at Christmas time to park it, it'll perform. Yeah, she's <laughs> my missus loves the G-Wagons and I've been trying to- Oh, talk her off that hill because I'm not a fan of I'm not a fan of the way they they drive and yeah. everything about them. Oh, I probably wouldn't get a Defender then. Yeah. Defender's Defender's cool. So so that was actually my sister's car. So she bought it brand new, and she drove it for a week and she didn't like it. So it's she wouldn't bought a GL. Oh, it's just it's just like really it's like a really Firm. blokey car. Well, we had a Wrangler. She had a Wrangler for a while. Oh, did she? Says, yeah, oh, she enjoyed she that. Like it, she then. enjoyed that, but she just loves the look of the G wagon. You know, yeah. the, the typical box look. And I'm just like, oh, I just, I just can't. I just don't think. Yeah, like them. I, I, I don't mind the look of them. They're good. They're good. They hold their value as well. Uh, they do. I, I had a teammate that had one. I just thought value for money, bang for buck. I was like, I just, just, I just don't think it's worth that money. Yeah. I think it's more a statement piece than anything. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. So that's why I, when I saw the Defender, I'm like, that's more reasonable. It's more reasonably priced. It yeah. looks, looks good. So I was kind of pushing it that way. Yeah, it's just really rugged. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a little rough. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a it's a it just feels like it's just a real like plastics and yeah. off roader car. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she went and bought a jail instead. And I took that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And um, yes, yeah, so I guess been what other cars on the horizon? I mean, I've seen you've been buying up a fair bit. I mean, um, turn up in a Lambo Performante. Yeah, so we're gonna so. bought a Performante. Yep. Um, so basically, we we just got. We work with everyone. We work with Duddons and yep. and a lot of wholesalers, and they'll just shoot us their list of what they've got. And if we like it, we like it. So we went and bought a uh, Mustang '67, I think it was. Okay. And uh, yeah, we're gonna do a one day giveaway on that this week. Well, so 24 hours, midnight to midnight. Get in, whoever gets in, gets in. Just close the gates, and yeah. What kind of Mustang is it? It's just a '67. What just is a, it? A GT or is it? Yeah, a- just a GT. Yeah, yeah. So yep. I'll show you some photos later, but um. Yeah. Numbers matching, custom. Yeah, yeah. What are we it's talking? All, it's all, it's all. No, nah, it's all matching. So it was all. Um, it was from. Um, 
yeah, Dutton's Dutton's had it. Okay. It's just this little red thing just sitting there. It looked really good. So I'm just like, you know what? Yeah, if it's automatic, uh, Joe Ingles bought a uh, a Mustang back in the day, mint numbers matching and manual. Couldn't drive manual. Oh, he couldn't drive manual. Well, this one's got automatic. It, he so got it converted right. though. Oh, he got he it converted. Numbered, numbers matching nah, car. <laughs> he did it. I've been railing him for years. Oh so my goodness. Joe Ingles knows I've been giving him shit nonstop and Justin has <laughs> wow. as well online. But um, so I guess like with, with your pivot kind of towards a, a car sales type platform, Yep. Will we continue to see the big purchases that you're doing through MCT? Oh, 100%. 100%. For, for, oh, yep. they're only going to get bigger now. So, we're, we're, we've locked down an apartment over in Surface Paradise, chuck a couple of Range Rovers in the garage. Yeah, we just really want to like, well, just push the boundaries. Yeah. Um, change people's lives. You know, when once you're hitting, you know, receive a million dollar phone call, turn oh, you yeah, into an instant definitely. millionaire. Um, that's that's the goal. So, yeah, we're, we're doing apartments now, um, houses. Well, I don't know where the, sky's, where the sky's the limit. Just yeah. keep going. We've, we've got no boundaries. Um, yeah, and th- they love it. People love it. So, yeah. you're giving you're giving the av- average day Aussie a chance to win cars that have just gone ballistic in price. Yeah. Who can afford a W1 these days? Oh, exactly. Every Aussie, so, who wouldn't want a W1? Yeah. And they're, they're just out of range for people. So, to be able to give people an opportunity to win- Rare cars and expensive cars, it's, it's a good feeling, yeah. Yeah. Well, we were speaking about earlier, kind of in, in our show before you arrived, that um, fuel cars beyond 2030, we don't even know if you'll be legally la- allowed to drive in the way things are going. So, you might need to start um, storing some 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 cans of fuel and put those on LMCT Plus <laughs> down the track. It's going to be big money for, it, just for some petrol, it's mate. It's coming that way, it isn't is. it? It's, it's a so, bit scary. Well, we were talking about the fact that if you're an old school collector and, you know, you're- 10 years away from retirement and you're aspiring to buy this this beautiful Mustang or whatever it is, are you going to even be able to afford it? Because I got a feeling the government's going to put some sort of- Tax on it. Yeah. Anything, just, just anything got to do with fuel. Yeah. Anything to do with fuel. So just it's, to it's push the time. electric, yeah. But speaking of W1, some breaking news. We have a, the purchaser of the second W1 Malou. Is that you? I don't know. Is it? <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, well, oh, I don't know. Someone sent it to us on LMCT. Who'd of course do, they do. Yeah, who'd do such a thing? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Someone sent it to us, and I'm like, oh man. I looked at it, and yeah, it didn't take long. I think we got the deal done in what? We did, yeah. 15 so, minutes. I just messaged Justin and said, yeah, offer him, offer him yeah, a million. And he's it. like, I don't think you take a million. I said, I just give him one point before then. Just yeah. So, no, <laughs> that was interesting. So, yeah, we we're chatting during the week and sending across a link when it's gone up for sale, and um, he's like, fuck. Want it. <laughs> so, yeah, went through. So, there you go. LMCT Plus now own two W1 Maloos. Oh, people are going to be so upset. Yeah. God. So upset. We had so we had, we had had this one girl when I won the auction. She messaged, she messaged us and she's like, oh, you guys are idiots. This car should be in a museum. Yeah. And so I was like, well, you go bloody pay a million dollars and put it in a museum. Oh, man, I'll tell you, I've had people lose their minds seeing uh, you eating Maccas in the back of it and going down to Water Garden Shopping Centre, parking it. <laughs> so, it's a car. Yeah. The car's not worth a million dollars. The history of the car's worth a million dollars. Yeah, so exactly. It's, so, just a, it's just a- And and you are right there, I mean, I've, after that win, I mean, I had so many questions coming to me going, you know, like, oh, do I, do I think it's worth that money? No, I don't. But it's- that, And that's the thing that- these cars are worth around, you know, it's the history and the hype at, at, at the that's time. That's what you're so. paying for. You're not You're yeah. not paying, you know, even W1s, you're not paying yeah. Yeah, for exactly. $500,000 because the cars were 500000 You know yeah. what I mean? Everyone's like, oh, what drives better, the, the Lambo or the W1? It's just exactly. like, what are you on about? Like, <laughs> At the end of the day, you got to get another one. Where are you going to get one? Yeah. 
Like you've now Exa- got, you've and, now got and, the market corner. That's what you're paying for, but, and yeah. that's what people don't understand. You're not paying a million dollars for the car. You're paying for the history of the car, and even just the access to it. Exactly, it's an access. It's a it's a statement piece in history. HSV's gone. FPV's gone. Exactly. So these right. people saying, "Oh, it's too expensive for a million. Oh, I go buy one for five hundred thousand. Exactly. Good luck, mate. Like, exactly. You're not going right. to get one. Yeah, and that, and that's it. I mean, that even in it, I guess you even look at it in the moment that. You can get just a GDSR sedan, like a you know one of the Gen F, GD, you know Gen F two GDSR sedans. You get one of those, or you get like that five fifty I've got out there. It's an M five fifty twin mm. turbo V eight that drives way better, oh, of course, and yeah. everything. But there's things that's a depreciating asset versus appreciating asset because of the history and the hype. So exactly yeah. right, and same thing. I bought a Murcielago SV and one hundred and sixty or one hundred and forty eight or something in the world, yeah, and um. Worst car to drive. I can't stand it. Yeah. I, but it was a childhood dream. So, it's good to look at. Yeah. To drive it, nah. I, I, I come out of that thing, I reckon I need massage for a couple of hours <laughs> just to get my back straight again. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just a pig to drive. But, yeah. you know, the newer cars, you know, we've got Pista or, or yeah. McLaren 720 that we had and, um, yeah, they drive a million times better. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you're paying for the rarity mm-hmm. of the car. Yeah, crazy. And what is in your personal collection? So, I've got a- um, So, I've got- Couple of GDR, so a 33 GDR and a 34 GDR, the mines I bought back. And I've got a Murcielago SV. Yep. Uh, Pista, Ferrari Pista. And that's about it for now. Yeah. And then obviously all the LMCT cars that are in the garage. Yeah. Um, that we try and buy back. But yeah, I'm looking, looking, I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think I just want rarer cars now. So yeah. Okay. That's what's, what's your dream car? Like, what are you, what are you trying to chase down? Dream car. Oh, I don't know, man. I wouldn't want a LaFerrari, but there was one for sale. Dutton's had one for like yeah, four or five mil, and it's just like, yeah, no. Yeah. I don't think I can. I'd love it, but you can't even drive it on the road. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, you, can, you can get it and try and raffle it off and do a buyback and see oh, if you can get it. Oh, million. Dollars. No, that's <laughs> not going to happen. What are, you, what, yeah. are your, what are your ultimate cars? I mean, I guess my, my ultimate one is for Ferrari F40. So, yeah. that was my poster car as a kid and just bought yeah. one. So, yeah. And you, Andrew? Uh, mine, funnily enough, was the VR Walkinshaw. Just oh, and you got it. Yeah, I got it. So, I've been in a position to obviously purchase a lot of cars that I wanted as a kid. My dad was a mechanic, so I used to go to the workshop as a kid and see him working on those cars and the Brockies and all that and just be like, holy shit, like, this is so awesome. And, and the Walkie's kind of an acquired taste, plastic pig and all that, yeah. but mm-hmm. yeah. something historical about it and it stood out. It was, you know, as, especially these days, you drive down the street, every car is white, black or or grey, especially in Melbourne. Everything looks the same. Mm-hmm. You take that car out and people are like, even people that don't know what the car is, it's like, wow, what is that car? It's great. And it's it's an acquired taste, but it's different. And that was a car. And then, and then just your Brockies, like the, the Blue Meanie Brock, fun to drive. Boss 429, I thought I'd never have a chance to own one. Own one of those. Fantastic car to drive. 69, like you got to drive the fucking car. That's yeah, the good thing it's- about the old school cars, man. Like- Yeah, there's no electronics or- You got to downshift in corners. You yeah. got to know how to brake. You don't brake in. You brake before, you know, brake yeah, before. Yeah, you don't course. brake in the corner. Like a lot of kids, you put a, a kid- you well, know, 18, 19, 20 year old now, like that's, that's going they into it. You're going straight through the corner, right? So, that, <laughs> yeah. that's a fun thing about those cars and what brings you back. And talking about what we talk about with a rare car being so expensive, it's it's that. It's nostalgia. It's a rare car that you can't get again. You exactly. can't get to do it again. And, and that's what yeah. makes it fun. But I'll, I'll tell you now when, um, I guess, to talk about actually getting out and driving these cars, the best thing. So, when when we went and picked up this Walkinshaw, so it had all been cleaned underneath. This was this guy's fucking pride and joy, saying like every little inch of it. Must go, he must have had like, you know, 
cotton buds and that on there, just <laughs> doing everything. It's long, right? Yeah. So we're going down to pick it up in this state, pissing with fucking rain, right? <laughs> it was pouring. I was talking a little bit, uh, like yeah. you could hardly see driving past yeah. Point Cook and all that, like going <clears> down there. And we're rocked up and then the guys guys walked outside and he's like looking, he's like, said to me, where's the tow truck? Like, what's happening? We're like, I'm fucking driving at home. And he's like, you could actually see his eyes tearing up. He's like looking in the car, looking outside and everything. And he's like, nah, you guys are taking the piss. He's looking up and down the street. Where's the tow truck? Like, nah, we're driving at home. And yeah, that's, I've never seen life taken out of someone like that. That's, that's funny. Yeah, like, same thing with the Mercy logo. The guy yeah. just had it under the covers. I think in three years he drove it 60 kilometres, <laughs> wouldn't drive it, and he's like, this car has never seen rain. Yeah. And that same day I was at Water Gardens, probably doing my groceries and pissing down rain. <laughs> <laughs> just doing my Fucking groceries. And I, mate, they're, they're cars, yeah. You, yeah. That's, that's what they're for. they're for. They're for people to enjoy, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, there's nothing worse than hiding a car. You know what I mean? Get it out there. Let people enjoy it. Yeah, that's it. Huh? And that's why I've got the W1 out right now. Like, it's like I got to a point where I've got some cars stored and, and you kind of think about, oh, I don't want to put too much K's on it. It's like, you know what? Like, enjoy the car. I see you rocked up today. It's raining. Ends up. Yeah. W1. Enjoy it. Cruising it around. And, and yeah, you want to enjoy it. You want to, you know, I think the worst thing is not driving them, to be honest, because they- they have more issues with them from not driving it. You Same should, with you, my Mercy logo has been off the road for three, four months. From not driving it, right? From not driving yeah. it. Yeah, and it just does your head in. So, just one of those things. But look, we appreciate your time, Adrian Portelli from LMCT+. Plus. I think your story is a sensational one. Thank I, you very much. I think much. for people who think you're running some sort of scam or whatever, I think now they've heard <laughs> yeah, from yep. the horse's mouth that you're running a genuine business. You're, you know, an aspirational strain for everyone that's kind of coming through the business world, not just in cars. Great story, phenomenal story. We look forward to following and we look forward to that announcement in, in two months' time. So thanks Appreciate for joining it. us. Thanks on, for having me, guys. On Rogue Bugs. Thanks, buddy.